The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Topher. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> uh, hello, and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson, and uh, returning guest Charlie Clawson. In fact. Weirdly enough, I think you were actually just the last guest. You were the last guest on this podcast、oh, as well. So I might be Charlie Clausen. So it's it's been it's been so long since I've done one of these episodes. Yeah, that you I haven't seen you. That's amazing. In nearly three months. Wow. And you were the previous guest, I believe. <laughs> so、uh, Gareth Reynolds is I, here. I appreciate Hello. it. Hello. Hi. How are you, mate? You Good.、Right? How are you? Yes. yes. We haven't seen each other in a little while. Yeah. Since I was here for LA Podcast. Well,、Festival. you've been busy. I've been here. I've been waiting. Yeah. And、uh, so how how has America been? What's going on in America? Tell me about America and、uh, what's going on.、Uh, everything's normal here. Nothing new or strange here. Really? I mean, because it seems from the outside. Talk to is... me, because I'd love to hear what the outsiders are saying. Well, because when you live in it, you're、yeah. like things are fine and everything's normal. Yeah, from the outside, it feels like. And this is the interesting thing about going home for four months, which is the longest I've been home for a while. Sure, you do really get an Australian perspective back on. I'm curious what、America. that would be. Is it because yeah. right? Obviously, we're electing a new president. Yeah. And,、um, I mean that's exciting, yeah, and that's ha- being handled again normally. It's one of the most crazy things. Really, you of- think so? I mean, why? <laughs> we don't think that. <laughs> When we lie, we, our voices just get real high. Huh? No, we're happy with our political system. I think it makes sense. It really does. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about over there. I mean, what is going on with Donald Trump? Like, it's crazy. Like from the I, outside, because it's one of those things. When I left, I was like, oh, by the time I get back, that'll be everybody's、done. been thinking that'll、that. be done with this. Yeah,、uh, it's crazy. It is just. I mean, if you look at like the Republican side, I think like the the Democratic side is annoying in its own way. Uh, right. Because I think there's somebody who would be very well suited for that. Like I love when people are like Hillary's going to change. You're like she she works she works with all the people who all presidents when they get into office work with these bigger companies, these powers that be that like influence elections and all this stuff. So they're their own nightmare. But the Republicans obviously are doing great stuff because I mean it's one of those things where you like.、Um, You know, Hillary might not have any chance with the American people, right? Except that the other option is going to be insane, so terrible. Yeah, carrot top might be、right. running. Yeah, so it, <laughs> the and the truth is that the two well, there's really three people who are leading. There's Trump who continues to lead and is regardless, regardless, regardless of, what of what he, he says or what he does. I mean, like he's doing like stuff that Andrew Dice Clay would be looking at and going, "Hang on, easy, pal, tap the brakes, right? Yeah, pull, pull it back a little, Tiger. Yeah." Oh, Oh, unbelievable! Hey, <laughs> fuck that bitch! I'll see you guys later, Trump. <laughs> he he literally he、he'll、can say whatever do, he wants. He'll start to do dirty poems. Yeah, all his、sure. policies yeah, are being、yeah. Andrew Dice Clay style. Hickory dickory duck. Clinton's husband got his cock sucked. <laughs> Trump, Trump, twenty sixteen. <2016. laughs> Oh, 
Hillary and Bill went up the hill <laughs> to fetch a pail of water. Hillary came down with 250. Oh! <laughs> Trump 2016. He's smoking. <laughs> He's like smoking a bong on stage. I don't support legalization. <coughs> oh! Trump, baby. Trump. Come on, baby. That's what it's like. Like the other day, well, he was making fun of like a disabled reporter. It's crazy. He can do anything. Like he was doing an impression. Dude, he would be too crass doing- for Comedy Central roasts. He would be too. I mean, he. would be like, Donald, we've looked at what you're going to say tonight. Donald, it's offensive. You can't do the Mexican stuff. You definitely can't do the retarded stuff. Uh, uh, what about the retarded Mexican stuff? Oh! <laughs> you know what, Donald? Do it. Just be you, baby. Be you. So, yeah. Well, and he, like, he's a guy who comes, like, he's, he, f- the first thing he really starts with is, like, let's get all Mexicans out of America. Right. <laughs> and. For whatever reason, that has really resonated with a fraction of the American population, a fraction of the Republican Party that just seems to be very adamant that um, that is the biggest problem facing the country. Well, I agree with it, though. I mean, you oh, know, yeah, the amount sure. of times that Mexicans are walking into schools and shooting people, yeah. uh, the amount of times that well, Mexicans and you, are walking into movies and killing people. And I think Mexicans yeah, are obviously melting the polar ice caps. Obviously, and what, that's, that, what, what the Mexicans did in Paris. Unbelievable. I mean, Unbelie- the and, and them trying to peg it on ISIS, that's right. double fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Meanwhile, like, you can't, like every second shop in Sydney is now a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, well, if, like, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the truth is, the truth is, we've already tried the experiment of eliminating Mexican workers from the workforce in, uh, in Alabama. They tried it. They basically banned Mexicans from, you know, they, they did the thing, wear your papers, get the fuck out, that sort of attitude. Right. And what they realized, which everybody has always said they will realize, is that there's, you just, when it comes to Mexican workers in fields, like to get produce, to get like these jobs, they work their asses off and Americans won't do it. And so when you get them out, you have Americans who can't do the jobs, which is automatically like a kick to the patriotic dick, right? (laughs) And then you have the Mexicans who have been told to go fuck themselves for helping. So, and then the sec, okay, so then you move on from Trump. You're like, all right, that dude's too fucking nuts. Let's go with Ben Carson, Uh who is the second one. Yep. And his... Now, he's second in the polls. Now, we know, less, we know less about Ben Carson in Australia, so tell us more you, about Ben you Carson. Sh- you should what learn more about Ben Carson because he, I, I mean, honestly, like, he's the other side of the coin. He is a doctor. He has no uh, political experience of any kind. Not that that even should be a fucking prerequisite. Right. Honestly, it doesn't seem too hard to know what right decisions to make when so many wrong ones are being mm-hmm. made. But, so he's a, a Jesus freak. Um, he is a big believer in Jesus, and they recently just like did a tour of his house, and there's actually this amazing painting of Ben Carson and Jesus behind him with his hand on Ben Carson's shoulder, like they're pals. <laughs> um, but he now, is that one of those things where like he's just got an artist to like, or did he have to get a mate to dress up like Jesus oh, for God. the sitting of the? Obviously, I hope it's that one. Obviously, I hope it's that one. Because otherwise, is he just like, was the artist just drawing Jesus in? Well, and also, what is blaspheming? Right. Like, it seems to me that, like, you're you're making it appear that you and Jesus are like good buddies. That seems maybe a little bit. Well, it's your own own personal version of whatever that, what what do they call it? The Boulevard of Broken Dreams or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, where it's him, him, Jesus. Yeah, Gandhi's in the corner, like, more pie. Marilyn Manson. 
Manson. Uh, not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Maybe him. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson eating Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's pissing on his. Trump's pissing on the counter, going up in the polls. <laughs> what the fuck can I do? Like literally, yeah. What can he do? So then, Ben Carson. This is my okay. favorite. My favorite Ben Carson thing yep. is that there are a lot of things that he says that they try to fact check, okay. which is a, kind of becoming the big problem in our political system now. Is that fact checking is something where the media used to be like, "This isn't true," and a politician would have to defend it and maybe admit that that was fought. Now they're just able to sort of say, "No, it's true." No, it it is true. It is true. Like, and one of these, the best one is Ben Carson says that, and I think he kind of, you know, he says this because there's some sort of like biblical intervention in the moment of some kind, but he tried to stab a guy named Bill. And when he tried to stab the guy, the knife hit the belt buckle of the dude. So he ended up not killing the guy. Um, Hang on, in what sort of situation? I think situation? it was like in a mugging. I think okay. it was some something of that nature. Right. He he kind of alludes to like these darker <laughs> times that he's had, almost like he's come out of the the fog, okay. you know, and is uh, right. reawakened. But so he says this. <laughs> so we've got the racist who's making fun of disabled people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the guy who almost stabbed another guy, <laughs> or the, well, and one or but, two. But the the best part okay. about it is that the media is like they don't think it's true. They're they're like. There's no evidence. There's. They don't know who Bill. Like they're just. They can't. They're like this isn't true. So Ben. How does Ben Carson know this guy's name is Bill? I I wish I. I wish I knew knew more. more I wish I knew more. Okay. But the what what I keep reading is is that Ben Carson is now I think maybe the only person ever to run for politics who's in the position of fighting the media over being right about whether he stat- tried to stab someone and he's on the end of like, yes, I did, goddammit. I tried to stab the fucking dude. And the media's like, we don't think, like, you'd almost think he'd take that as an out to be right. like, okay, well, yeah, you're right, I made it up. Instead, he's like, no, fuck you, I tried to kill a dude. I'm second in the polls. <laughs> well, While Trump's behind him like, I actually did kill someone. <laughs> oh! <laughs> As Donald stabs Ben Carson. Come on, baby. Unbelievable. Come on. <laughs> Ronald McDonald's my running mate. Oh. <laughs> Fuck everything. I mean, that's... Milani, that's, get up here. That's, that's the thing you see from the outside. It, is it just seems like... Trump's answer to everything is like it's exactly what you want to hear. It's just like it totally. doesn't matter what does not matter what they ask him. He's just going, well, I'll fix that. Yeah, no, it's like I'll if f- I walked into your apartment yeah. and I was like, I, I, I love this place. I think what we could do is we could put a bowling alley in here. We could put a full movie theater in here. We could have an Olympic sized pool. We could have a tennis court. We could have a basketball court. I can do all that for you. Great. And you're like, how do you do it? I'll find the right people to do it. Okay, that checks out. All right, winning. <laughs> but there's no so that's the problem is that everybody in the media you know the media is terrible to begin with in this country because uh, they're after ratings more than anything but you know the media is put in this position where the only real thing they had left to do was vet these people you know for whatever political uh sham this is and they have to vet these people and they're in the position where they can't do it. Carly Fiorino, another person who's running, who's also insane, in a debate was, you know, because we have all this Planned Parenthood stuff going on here. Right. 
um, which Again, is basically something from the outside. Yeah, there, wasn't there? There was a shooting the other day, right at a Planned Parenthood place, and it is totally from that. Like Planned Parenthood, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically a place where like many things happen as far as like women's health goes. It's just like a a, a cheap way for women to get healthcare. Uh, one of the things they do do there, among many other things, is perform abortions, right. which is about legal five, in this country. About 5% of what they do. Yeah, which is legal in this country, mm-hmm. right? We've said for ages is legal. So now this woman, Carly Fiorino, she went on during one of the debates. She looked in the camera, and she was talking about how she'd seen this video of you know this dying fetus, this aborted fetus, and these doctors are like, "Get the brain, get you know." They're basically like treating it like a car that was in an accident. It's like, "Get the parts, get the parts," and sort of started this rhetoric that she was pressed on, like, "What is this video? Where is this video? It doesn't exist. Nobody else has seen it." And all she says is, "Trust me, it's real, and I've seen it." And and that's the end of that. So she says that you shouldn't be like if you did that at university. Oh God. Like, if you didn't cite your, you know, sources yeah. in an essay, you would file that essay. Yeah. If but it, apparently you can just run for president because and, you saw an internet yeah. video. And, and like is, if is I, 9-11 also an inside job? Because yeah. I've seen a few of those videos yeah. on the internet Listen, as well. listen. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I would love if all her policies were just internet videos and memes that have been sent uh, around. That'd be great. That'd be great if she's just like, dramatic go- uh, the dramatic gopher video, that what they did to that gopher after <laughs> is they harvested him for parts. Dramatic gopher. But uh, we, so we have to ban more than two cups anytime that there's. Uh, <laughs> two, I saw this internet video. Hang on. Is she just. You have to see the look on the face of this cup. <laughs> this cup's face is it's being filled with. I won't even. I won't even. Let's just say I can't have Mr. Softy ice cream again. <laughs> I won't even. Uh, oh, but man. so she says all this inflammatory mm-hmm. stuff. So now there's this movement to defund Planned Parenthood because of you know because because I think they're because up America and selling them. Yeah, because they think that we we are treating it like a junkyard. Um, and then yeah, and then you have a lunatic go in, which by the way, like it, it, a does not happen. Uh, yeah. But in Planned Parenthood, if, right. if there is some sort of market for illegal organs, it is not happening in those situations. Right. Um, it happens when you drive people into backyard abortions and situations, which yes. is like literally when you get rid of things like this, you create yeah. a black market for things like that. Um, but secondly, I'm not actually sure that we shouldn't be thinking that we can do that. <laughs> that that we can, that I mean, oh yeah, I the, agree. You mean that it's such a morbid, weird right. space to play in? Like, if, yeah. if there is organs, yeah, and they are they are useful to somebody else. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's like, I mean, again, well, it, um, it, look, it's it's a very difficult area for it, some people, it, or whatever. It, it and in really Australia, is. we do not have the same, and I'm very glad that we do not have the same. Uh, like e- even just recently in Melbourne, they uh, passed a law. I think that you have to stand 150 meters or something away from like an abortion clinic, right? To even protest. So hopefully, you guys need to get guns, right? Yeah, that <laughs> eliminates all that red tape. We found a loophole. Guns. Yeah. Because fuck everything. But also, like, these are people in, like, the worst situation. Like, you know, most of the people who go into this, no one wants to have an abortion, right? No. My God. I mean, that is really, that's, like, the the headline. Right. No, there's nobody who's like, ah, finally. Yeah. Gonna get that bikini bot. It's like nobody feels like that at all. No, it's a depressing thing. I, it's th- something that they th- that women will think about for the rest of their lives. It's crazy. Right. And it should be affordable and available. In Australia, it certainly is. Like in Australia, it really is. Like I, I think mostly these days. Yeah. Like not e- 
I mean, obviously, there's still that sort of, you know, moral minority or whatever who have a problem with it. But I would say as a country, we've just kind of gone, oh, yeah. You well, know, and it's paid for on your healthcare and all that, I, I believe. And, and, you know, and so I, I think that's our attitude. So, yeah. But in America, it's not like that everywhere. No, in America, in America, human life, I mean, in a lot of the world, but really a human life is what matters. Like the fact that don't you don't worry that the planet is extremely overpopulated right. and there's that side of this argument too but there's also oh yeah like the last thing you need to do is bring into the like if you look at it i mean and again it's hard to take that practical approach like about something that people are so passionate about yeah but the, the world doesn't need more kids no particularly unwanted kids well, or, and, or not being able to be cared for. and how is easy is it for a white dude who's a millionaire who's never really gone through any poverty or any real struggle to believe, as a lot of them do, that if a woman is raped and she conceives a baby during that rape, yeah. that it's it should be illegal for her to get rid of it. Right. I mean, that is an argument they make. Men, men make. Right. And and you see the you see the the kind of you know the moss gather on this argument because nobody's been able to put a stop to it to where this woman who's running for president can say this shit then under a month later a dude can go into a fucking Planned Parenthood a Planned Parenthood the thing that they're all fighting about shoot a bunch of people which again really is kind of an interesting take on how valuable life is which right. is at the core of this argument he does that and everyone is like oh you're trying to connect it to that are you crazy it's like yeah fucking yeah. yes yeah if I went on TV and was like, golden retrievers will rape your boys, golden retrievers will rape your boys, and a bunch of golden retrievers got fucking killed, and I was like, whoa, whoa, don't bring this to my doorstep. That's not on me. Come on now. You're crazy to think that's from me. Weird thing is, Gareth Reynolds now leading the Republican polls. Oh! <laughs> It is as big of a shit show as as it could be. I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. So Carly Fiorina, yeah, Fiorina, 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 yeah. Uh, I have interviewed her. Oh, get out! So weirdly enough, we were talking about that this conference that has come up a few times in the podcast because I talked to all these interesting people, right? Yeah, and it becomes relevant every now and again. Yeah. Uh, so I did this conference in San Francisco a couple of years ago, and I talked to like Steve Wozniak and Ray Kurzweil, yeah. the futurist, and um, you know a whole bunch of interesting. I didn't people. know you'd gotten. I also to Ben Hurrier. <laughs> I also I also interviewed Carly uh, Fiorina. You'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Carly Fiorina. Oh, <laughs> that's how you remember it. Uh, so I interviewed her on the last day. She was like one of the guests, and uh-huh. she was talking from a. And I think she had like a. She worked for one of the big communication companies yeah, or she, something yeah, beforehand, she, yeah. or. Hewlett, like Hewlett Packard, or I one think of those she, I think big... it was Hewlett Packard. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the thing was, this was the third day of the conference, and I've never been able to tell this story because there was never any yeah. reason to well, tell this. Welcome story. to America now, right? So you're, I'm <laughs> interviewing uh, her in front of a room full of like Australian students, essentially. Who? So it's like a sit down, like. So it's a conference. So there's about 200 people in the room, right? Holy but most shit. of them are like these college students who are part of this, like, you know, uh, I don't know, they're, they're future leaders or their future whatever. Future billionaires. Like, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, future entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right? So they've got this three-day thing with all these, like, entrepreneurs, yeah. particularly in, like, you know, the, that, that startup sort of world. Right. And they're talking about, you know, that industry and stuff. Yeah. But they're essentially, 
you know, Australian kids on a junket overseas. Right. You know, they're in San Francisco for three days. Yeah. Like, they see these speeches, Actually, they get to meet Steve Wozniak, yeah. and then they just get drunk and try to finger each other all night long. You know, so... <laughs> Like by the third day, there was a lot of people rocking up late, a lot of people like snoozing ahead on the desk. Yeah, you know, Steve like, Wozniak's like, why are there only nine people here? Right. And But no, but the thing was like guys like no- Woz and guys like Nolan Bushnell and guys like who really do these things all the time yeah. and are fascinating. Yeah, broad. They're rock stars, right? yeah. But then you like, you've got Carly Fiorino. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. Welcome back. <laughs> uh Third day in, so they've seen like eight or nine speakers, and then they have her an hour of her, like me one on one with her. Like, you know, so what were the questions? I mean, how did you you had an hour, but what did you talk to her? And you were you just throwing softballs, or were you going for? I mean, what the fuck did you talk to her about for an hour? I mean, I can't remember, but I do. This is I could picture moments where you're just like, that's interesting. That is interesting. Cars are cars are interesting. I mean, I, I look. I, to be honest, I have, by the third day you have a, a set bunch of questions right. that other people have answered in different ways. Right. Like that, you just tend to go to of like you know, uh, tell us about it. Like a time you had a major setback and how you handled that. Right. Right. And well, then, and so and, then basically you just like I'm opening yeah. up. Yeah. Well, you're a good guy yeah. for that situation right. too, though. I mean, you can make an hour. Out. <laughs> That's probably why they had you. <laughs> <laughs> like someone who knows a lot about Carly Fiorino will not get an hour out of her. <laughs> will doesn't know her. Yeah, get him. He's funny. Get him. Yeah. No, he'll do it. Yeah. Give him that list of questions. Go. So um, I had badly timed the third day. She was the last person before lunch and I had not got time to go to the bathroom before we started our interview. Oh, boy. So then we start doing the interview and about halfway through. Oh, my God. I desperately need to go to the bathroom like desperately like but i can't there's no way to stop like and i have to do like an hour with her right so and, there, so in other words you're with carly fiorino yeah. and there's something trapped inside your body that you want to get out as soon as possible right <laughs> interesting <laughs> um she would have said keep it and so I, 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 like, I'm desperately like, I, I just need to go. To the you toilet. can taste your piss. And for the last half an hour of that, I can't remember a word she said. <laughs> oh. I don't know. All I was Ugh. doing was like trying to like count down the time, Ugh. trying to get through it, trying to just like sweating. I bet I was sweating. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it had to come out somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're sweating yellow. You look like a Gatorade commercial. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> So let's talk about copiers some more. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if I had wet myself, I guess that, that would have been a better story because then in the future I might have been able to tell the story about how I wet myself interviewing the American president. That, oh, in God. Every, like, you know, different universe. Yeah. In oh, the, yeah. In the multiverse. Yeah. There's a version of that where I, I wet myself. You wet yourself. she went on to become president. <laughs> Maybe because there's a world where because of that she went on to become president. Oh, yeah. She used that anecdote. Yeah. yeah. And she ran. Yeah. 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 She ran on the, yeah, the yeah. yellow card. She was, she was going, I want, I want to talk about trickle-down economics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a metaphor, and it was this winning metaphor. That, like, <laughs> the upper class or the penis. And the weird thing was, it actually was really great for my career, obviously, because I'm <laughs> the one from the story. And like at first, I was really embarrassed about yeah. it because I've done yeah. all these credits. No, then things. you're like a truth teller. But then people like wanted to get me on talk shows oh, and yeah. stuff. But they w- would always load me up on drinks because yeah. I was like... Is it true that Carly made you pee your pants, Will? Right. And then, I, yeah, I do the Larry King. I do the sit-down interviews. But I do the funny stuff, too. Yeah, like yeah. Jimmy Fallon and I would have some sort of piss-off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he'd line, like... 
<laughs> be, maybe, you got like a bucket with like a red line and like whoever can fill it with the most piss first. Right. And but it, we'd have teams. It'd be me and that would be Jimmy and uh yeah, Jimmy and Jimmy, Justin Timberlake. Jimmy and you and Charlize Theron. And me and Charlize. Yeah. <laughs> Charlize, squat over that bucket. <laughs> Drink more Perrier. Come on. <laughs> That's totally the Fallon way. Right. <laughs> I want to go to that universe for just a little bit. But then, see, like, it'd be good for my career, but I feel like it'd be bad for my, you know, if you'd be You'd come home, yeah, for... you'd come home, and you'd, like, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you used to be a goddamn comedian. See the stain on my pants? Yeah. That I just tried yeah. one more time? Yeah, yeah. and I'm then you a... have a closet full of the same uh, pair of pants, you're like, uh, like your bat suit? Uh, yeah, it, but I, I'm not even pissing myself anymore. No, I've, I've, an I've apparatus. a little thing inside that you, I just squeeze my thigh. They don't know that I stopped peeing two and a half years ago. <laughs> it just slowly drips into a bag over the day. This apparatus isn't the real will. What kind of lie am I living? <laughs> Going home to my mansion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your butler's just like, jacket, Mr. Anderson? Apparatus? <laughs> Thank you, Willie. <laughs> Controversy, Will Anderson using an apparatus for recent performances. Well, oh, yeah. let's set the record straight. Can you pee? And then I, yeah, that'd be my fall from grace. But then I could come back and I could resume my regular yeah. career. Now so throwing up. Yeah, just, <laughs> oh yeah, desperately. Yeah, de- you're throwing up in Reno. Yeah. Will Anderson throwing up in like a small theater in Reno in front of 150 people, opening for a juggler. Did you see Will Anderson shit himself opening for Eddie Pepitone at Just for Laughs? Desperate. Desperate. <laughs> Trump's like, I need to get this guy on the ticket. You ever run for politics? Come with me, baby. Oh! Ah <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> That's quite a little world. Is uh, is Trump still building the wall? Is that Trump like, is building a wall. Yeah, what's Trump's the wall idea. So the whole idea the whole thing is that we, you know, there's definitely if um for a long time when America was thriving, there was a an illegal immigration the 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 way that most Mexicans would come into the country would be to sneak through the border. Right. So many ways to do it because it's mm-hmm. such a huge fucking strip of land. Like yep. you can't, the idea that you could fully police that is is impossible. So in probably like the last 10 years. You'd need a lot of cheap labor. They should pay Mexicans to do it. Unfortunately, yeah, with white people. <laughs> like, guys, this is a fence. This, is, right. this has a lot of, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Sorry, we got really tired. <laughs> Whew. You know, Juan was really the kind of go-getter of the group. <laughs> well, where the fuck? Goddamn son of a bitch. So, so like 10 years ago, this idea of building a wall, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I've always been in Camp Moat. I want a moat more than oh, anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Love a good moat. Um, but uh, they want to build a wall, a huge wall that, you know, is, just keeps Mexican people out. I mean, I'm not suggesting necessarily that the Mexicans should be kept out, but I am, I'm definitely with you on the moat. Yeah. I mean, I think... Classier. Do you know what I mean? Classier. And put some, some, some sort of deadly animal. I mean, moat. Oh, for sure. Old. If it's a moat, it's got right. gators. Yeah. Snakes. Whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Moat. And then you, can have, then you can have the drawbridge. Right. That's how you let them in legally. I think it would be great. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> King Trump sits on his <laughs> weird throne. <laughs> well, Vice President Will pisses. <laughs> but, but so, 
it is it by all accounts it's seemingly an, an implausible prospect it's it's right it just makes no sense it just makes it? no sense for so many reasons because you're just the flow of illegal immigration will probably figure out ways to get through it like they, they already do i mean right. under it no un, one's under no, it, no yeah. one's ever heard of a tunnel yeah from mexico honestly right? yeah i mean that that really is the truth and um I mean that El Chapo dude or whatever his name dude, was. Dude, El Chapo is El Chapo, King did, Digger. Did you see the tunnel? That- what the fuck? Why would you leave the tunnels? My question. Right. You had a sick tunnel. That tunnel was better than most apartments. Dude, what was? I mean, he was he like. Rode a motorbike he, by the way, he could have gotten through that tunnel so much earlier. Right. They worked. He on just the tunnel. wanted it to be a, a fucking. Tunnel. He, he knew it would go viral. He wanted to ride his motorbike in the tunnel. Yeah. Listen. There do was- you want to? Do you want to be free, or do you want to be free and have a buzz list feed about it? It was like Andy Dufresne stayed for another five years <laughs> at Shawshank. Andy, Andy, where are you? Sorry, you're 65. You should have seen the hole. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Love seats like you wouldn't believe. But you laugh, Andy. Yeah, true, 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 true. I went a little man cave on it. That's fair. True. I went a little man cave. Just instead of building a tunnel, has just built a better apartment. Yeah. Like, like he gets to the island and he's like, I missed right. the tunnel. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't even bother tunneling out. Like, just behind <laughs> the poster is like a nice man cave. He's just, like, he's just set it up. So and then all the way to the edge, and someone's like, Why don't you break through there? He's like, I oh, have the yeah. light. It would, the heat down here is perfect really, right now. I've got the temperature. I just, just, I just have it where I need exactly it to be. Exactly how I want it. <laughs> And look at that space in here. Look at this. And the quiet. It opens up. Look. With those mirrors, it looks twice as big. Nobody bothers me. It's very feng shui. I just pop, it, pop in here at night. Pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a thing on Super Matilda, Bowl could you make us some pancakes? <laughs> you want anything else? Do you want a chai? Two chais and some pancakes. She's great. I would be, this tunnel would be a shithole without her. <laughs> Literally. No, it was a shithole. It was a sewer. Yeah, Al Chapo wasn't fucking dragging himself through the sewer in the rain at no, night. No, like an Andy no, no. Al Chapo was Al like, Chapo I'm going to go jump like, on the trampoline for a little right. while, then make a move. Right. <laughs> but so, yeah, so now we have this. I, I want to do the last. Al Chapo wanted to do the last bit of the tunnel like Michael J. Fox in Team Wolf. You know, like, <laughs> like on top of the thing just to prove as he came out. Al Chapo loved Team Wolf so much <laughs> that as he got out of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we're there's again. What is what is always amazing about? I guess I think politics in general, or like, but what is so at play in America is the like the wedge issues, the the issues where they know that fifty percent of the population disagrees, and they know that fifty percent of the population agrees, and they'll make those the argument as opposed to things that really matter. Like they'll they'll go with what will resonate strongest with a faction over, because it's, you know, it's just such a hard climate to unite people in. You really just have to get your biggest slice of the pie, you know, because you can't get the whole thing. So this Mexican stuff, the wall stuff. It's also because though that the majority of like the main parties, like particularly here in America, but to a certain extent in Australia (laughs) as well, even though, Despite what Tony Abbott did in Australia, I I still would suggest that our right wing party, you know, the Liberal Party, oh, yeah. as they call it, but our right wing party is probably still to the left of your Democratic Party. I, right? uh, yeah, but they, but the but modern day politics being what it is, is that both 
parties essentially are owned by corporations yes. and big business. Yeah. And so there isn't a lot of discernible difference on most of, you know, their attitudes to the free market and You'll, capitalism and all those sort of yeah. things. And uh, You'll find that if you were to get them to debate those issues, they would be on the exact same page, which is why you don't hear about those issues. Right. Yeah. Let's because those are the stuff. biggest right. those the biggest flaw in our political system is that it's super PACs essentially, mm. which means that a candidate can only spend a certain amount of money to advertise themselves, but super PACs, which are quote unquote independent groups, can fund as much as they want. That's something that started like six or seven years ago. So that's why now you can see corporations like Coke Industries, like the Koch brothers, who are enormous pollutants and fucking assholes be able to basically fund, fully fund a Republican presidential candidate's run at presidency. And so, you know, that, that's why you don't want to talk about the climate, because, you know, you're dealing with people who benefit a great amount from being able to pollute as much as they want. Right. But I'm sure the Koch brothers, like, you know, their attitude is like, hey, this money comes without oh, any obligation. Yeah. The like, Koch, I mean, they're very understanding. They go, look, we just want you to have a good time. Right. We're just being, we're just like cool uncles who are swinging by for a we, minute. We just like politics. Yeah. We're just wish makers. I mean, we just like have, have a go. Yeah. Go have fun, dude. Go and have fun. But call us, hey, don't call us either way. You know what? Yeah. And if you have to make decisions once you're in power, do it. Benefit have your decisions. Hey, you know what? This, uh, hey, this, com- this we, doesn't hey, come with anything. Hey, no, hey, nothing. Hey, pass it forward. Huh? Play, pay that forward, pay baby. Pay that forward. That's yeah. what I say. <laughs> doesn't have to come back. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but. Exactly. So, so you have the influence of you know right. terrible companies. It really is. It's the. It's just the erosion of uh, actual like the population actually being able to decide what they want. What they want, and then you have um, just the the reality, which is just that it's it's like America is being run to make a small percentage of the country, like 1% of the country, super fucking rich. And do you feel like the Trump thing, because this is what it almost feels like, is like there's, there's a, there seems to be at least a part of America that's gone, it's finally realized that things, you know, because what America, like America were the champ, like everyone knows this, and yeah. I'm about to simplify a lot of fucking world policy, but you know, yeah, yeah. World War Two, you know, USA, number one, hey, listen, you know, yeah. save the world's ass, yeah. right? Yeah. And much like England in the World Cup of football, hasn't really had a victory since. England since 64, I believe. Yeah. So actually, England has a better record. The English football England's, team- England's been more victorious recently. Been victorious yeah. than America has been in wars since yeah. then. Well, we keep like, going back the, to our ex. We keep going back to the Middle East. Right. But baby, take us back. One more war, baby. One more. But literally, I, I, I mean, you could point to small victories and things, but since World War II, yeah. like America has gone to every war and has not- one clearly any of them well what would be uh, i would be very interested like for you might be time to, to just do, do something new <laughs> stop getting in fights yeah you're not the champ anymore totally I, like you're punch drunk in bars no. starting fights with people that you no america's beat. total america's like a drunk dude at a bar who used to have a fucking haymaker and could knock any asshole out and you as people around him would like when he would relegate you know, right. get that asshole out of here. Yeah, fucking do that. Right. Well, now he's got his dick's gotten so big in his head that he's just like, I'm fine. He knocks out the fucking owner of the bar. He's right. hitting his friends now. And you're like, buddy, no. And he's like, you like when I throw punches? It's like, no, no, no. When it's right, when it's right, when it's right, use the haymaker. But we've just been like, you know, punching the bus boys for a week. It, it just, it, it, the idea that 
we and we have this idea here uh and I don't think I, I think again it's because of influence of companies, but the idea here is that America is the world's police. America, if there's a problem, America is fucking Batman. America's going to solve it. But at some point, if if like Wayne Industries goes under and Batman can't afford the Batmobile anymore, it's time to maybe pull back and like think about yourself for a minute, right? And and realize <clears throat> that the Joker now owns twenty one percent of Wayne Industries. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, because that's like totally. Chi- China's just sitting there going, "Oh no, 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 we just are playing a long term game." Yeah, like this. yo, totally. They're funding us at the poker table. Right, yeah, absolutely. Sure, you want another million? Yeah, sure, yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, I agree, you're about to get hot. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're about to break that unlucky streak. I feel, a, I feel a run coming on for you. Take as much as you want. We know you're good for it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you fat piece of shit. Huh? Not you. No, I was talking to Frank about something else. Have your fun, you big dumb moron. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And and but, you know, but also that it's created. Like I mean, and you know, it, there's no other way to put it. That the current situation we're in was purely created by the last situation they tried to fix. Like yeah, you know. So well, that yeah. I you know, and again, like you, you definitely this is an argument you would have with people in this country. But I I agree. I think that when you really when you re- when I look back on it as an American who is living in America when we went into Iraq uh, to the last the last time when we got Saddam and killed him and bombed the shit out of it and you know uh, killed hundreds of thousands of people there millions Um, but when we did that there was America was still kind of like bitching even after 9-11 there was still like the economy was slow but America still had money like it was still like the 90s it still felt like there was shit was going on and it was still the place and then you get so cocky from that. And we did a dollop about the Iraq war. And like, you know, when you actually hear about the breakdown of why we have this albatross, it is, I mean, it's beyond maddening. But the reason we went over there, right, was because, quote unquote, the reason was because we wanted to, to free these people and help them. But that's where all the money has gone. When you look at the, when they everybody talks about Obama's deficits and stuff, it, it's all because the Bush administration funded the, so much war, gave so much money to Lockheed Martin, gave so much money to uh, Halliburton to like make weapons and take control of the situation. Those people got rich as fuck. The Iraqis lose. America's economy is in the shitter. And here we are talking about like when are we going into Iran or you know when do we get troops into Syria? Like it, the 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 gut reaction to always drop as many bombs and put troops on the ground is one that is bad for the economy. It's bad for both countries, and I think just from like a moral standpoint, it's bad. America needs to see one of those signs that they often have in like sh- stores of knickknacks and valuable like you know yeah. things. You break it, you bought it. Yeah. Like America needs to realize that if you're going to break a country, yeah, then you're also just going to have to keep paying it. For yeah, you. and it's. And I we, mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And we come to everything with you. So I'm not like, you know, Australia is not without its, but it's just crazy that we think that this same broken approach is the way forward in any of these well, situations. Well, and, you know, ser- like, I, I think, you know, you see what happened in France and, you know, what has been happening in Syria for a long time. I, I mean, these are, it's a terrible problem. Right. It really is a terrible problem. You can talk about the solution 
because I'm sure it's a super complicated one, but you also have to talk about where did the problem come from. And the problem has always sort of come from the, and you can't argue this because I'm trying to put it as vanilla as possible, mm. the, the friction between the two different ways of life and how we deal with that friction. Right. And that is really what the problem is. So if the way we've been dealing with the friction is always to be a pit bull and always go into attack mode, you know, is that the right thing to do again? Well, okay. So this this is uh, let's take it out of the idea of like whether you philosophically believe one way or the other how these things started. Right. Let's put everyone on the same page as we are right now. Let's just assume that for whatever reason, whatever's happened, right, for good reasons or for Ben bad Carson reasons, stabbed Bill. <clears throat> right. Right. Let's just assume. <laughs> Yeah, all that. Yeah. Everyone can have their opinion of how we got to this point. Yeah. Let's just look at where we're at in this point. Right. And we sobered up in a parking lot without our shirt on and we're bleeding. Okay. Here's my thing. If there is a like a... Okay, I'll give you a better example. I'll give you a real life example as an analogy. Okay. Um, When I first started doing comedy, there was this guy... And you know how comedy uh, attracts people, particularly open mic comedy. Sometimes attracts people who just need somewhere to have their voice heard by people. And, you know, that's a form. Maybe it's not about jokes. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's just about something they're going through. Hey, someone's got to talk about mom for five minutes and it ain't going to be funny. Right. And and I kind of like that comedy does, you know, provide a forum for that in some ways. But there was this one guy in particular who, like, you know, when it was before the age of, like, you know, Twitter and Facebook and people falsely kind of bolstering their own view of the world. He right. was already doing this. He was right. way before his time. In he was Facebooking into a microphone. Well, basically what he was doing, like every comedy festival, for example, he would take this really large ad, like he was a big act in the festival, out about these two shows that he was doing. He, he wouldn't be doing a run, but he'd take this, like, obviously he'd save uh, all his so, money. But he was year. legitimized enough that he would be in, like, festivals or something, but he would be offshoots. Well, okay. So he, he'd be, like, doing two nights at the local comedy club during the festival. So what right. he, but what he'd do is like pay five hundred dollars for an entry into the program. He'd put a, like a an ad that was worth like thousand like money that in no way was he ever gonna recoup with the twenty people who came and saw his show. I'm know? starting like, to see our connection point. Right. <laughs> But it was all, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> self-aggrandizing. You know, the mythology of this person, right? Um, this person's great. And also, he, this person was clearly working through a lot of just, like, I don't know, voices they heard in their head or p- paranoias. <laughs> well, or that was the one-man show. Weird prejudices yeah. against other races. You yeah. know, anyway. <laughs> Satanic voices in my head. So. At the pikey. And it was really one of those things where every year, like, the quote would be from, like, he, so, for example, there was this one magazine, oh, and I don't, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble here about the, how the press works, but street press, I don't know what you call it here. Do you call it street press here as well? Like, basically, they're, like, free magazines and stuff that have the arts oh, and yeah, listings right. and stuff. Yeah, So, that's what we call street press, yeah. right? So, there was this one in particular in Melbourne where if you bought a big enough ad, if you bought, like, a quarter page ad in their comedy festival program, essentially, you got quarter of a page of free editorial as well. So, like, essentially an article about you and your show. And it would always be a very favorable article because that was literally what you were paying for. Yes, you know, right. And and in fact... It's like our news. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, often I think they let you write most of the articles. Those are the best, too. Where you're like, Gareth was born in... Yeah. So it was was essentially the equivalent of writing your own Wikipedia page. I don't know if you've ever stumbled onto someone's Wikipedia page where you're like, like, oh, really? Clearly. Really? Yeah. Nine-inch dick, huh? There's only one person who knows all this information about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then the next year, and again, this is what I love, he would quote 
like on his poster, there would be quotes like, you know, from this like article, but as if they were like reviews of his show. Yeah. Well, that's like with a movie preview, whenever a movie preview comes out and they flash up the quotes real quick. But if you pause your TV, it's always like some weird like Andy. And you're just like, who the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> like, right. it's not NBC or it's not like Deadline. It's just like Carl said. Yeah, it's always like the movie that's taking Hollywood by storm. Yeah. A News, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fandango Online. Yeah. Okay, so so he's got his quotes up there. Um, and he was he was a person that people felt uncomfortable around, right? Okay, so he's... <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's becoming very clear, but but he is. This is happening over and over again. He's doing this, yeah. and it's not. He's not getting traction of any sort. No, right? Like, but he's not, building up a mythology about who he is, and and you know, like, but a mythology. But it's a mythology, right? Yeah. Like, if you examine it in any way, which I got quite obsessed by doing, <laughs> I'm, I'm in. It all <laughs> fell apart really quickly. Like, it, as soon as you realize that Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze, yeah, yeah, it all made sense. Yeah. You're like, oh, hang on, this shit's all on the board. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> all I needed to do was spin my chair around. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um. But he also, like, he was, there was a while where he was obviously going through some stuff where um, people were scared. That scared? He, scared that he was going to, like, one day snap and come in. And, and this was pre-Australia getting rid of our guns as well. Not that we ever had people guns People were worried scout, he would, but, like, his, his grand finale would be like. Yeah. yeah okay. He started wearing, like, long overcoats, you know, which oh, always seems like a gateway drug. Yeah. They should, like, stop anyone who buys, like, a long overcoat. and You just, really should hey. have to. You, I mean, we need background checks for guns, but yeah. we should also have them for those. You know what? Maybe this is our reach around, oh, our get around, right? Yeah. Because the thing is, you're never in this country going to get the background checks for the guns. Yeah. But how about we bring in a system of background checks for trench coats and trench, long overcoats? Long co- any disguising coat. If Anytime, you own a firearm or right. an assault rifle, you have to have like a coat that's at waist or above. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have waist or above, <laughs> yeah. or you have to have a psychological test before you can <laughs> yeah. buy the yeah. full-length coat. <laughs> So that way we get around it. Technically, you're not getting tested. Well, I know you got the gun over there, but um, I'm going to have to have you actually talk to the psychiatrist before we can let you leave with that overcoat. Right. (laughs) How you doing? So it's not raining out. I guess I'm just curious why you're interested in that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I just like the way it looks. Just like to. mm -hmm. I'm going to actually have to deny your permit to get an overcoat. (laughs) Sorry. Some of the stuff I'm reading and some of the stuff you said. I mean, it you is. can go to an overcoat show. You can buy them in the parking lot of right. an overcoat show. You could probably get a secondhand overcoat. You can get a secondhand one. I mean, easy. I got to be honest with you. The black market in overcoats yeah. is now. If you go on the dark web, do you know how to get on the dark web? <laughs> it's, it's hot. It's mostly overcoats. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Trump's selling the overcoat. <laughs> Silk Road is literally a road of yeah. just silk overcoats. That's what it is. That's the new business. Oh, these are lovely. These are- <laughs> this would be great for a public shooting. I love this. So people are always scared that he was one day going to come in and shoot us all. Right. That was kind of everyone's kind of speculative endgame of this scenario. Right. So imagine that uh, he's, he's ISIS in this, in this scenario, yeah. right? Like that we know that at some stage there's this like, you know. Is I, it strange that I thought he was America? He was at the start. <laughs> He was kind of America at the start, but now he's ISIS, okay, is okay. my point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is meant to, in some ways, demonstrate yeah. that from different perspectives, <laughs> things oh, yeah. might look very, very similar. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah, ISIS hears that. They're like, America's that comedian. Right. We hear that. We're like, that's goddamn ISIS. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and this is the point I'm trying to make is that if you think there is somebody who you're going to have a problem with, I was always friendly with him. And people yeah. were like, why are you so friendly with him? And I'm like, I want because, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. If at some stage he is going to kill people. Yeah. Then you want if he's I, Steve Buscemi, you want to be Adam Sandler and Billy Madison, who was like nice to him in high school. Absolutely, yeah. You want to be that guy, yeah. And I'm not saying you need to appease nasty people, but I'm just saying the thing that you don't want to do is increasingly have give him reasons. Yeah. Like, if every time he came in to work, I'd like shat on his seat or yeah. like you know poked him in the eye or yeah. like oh yeah I blew up your house. Yeah. Like eventually he's going to point the gun at me first. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of it at the moment, like you're just going, maybe the best way to deal with this is not constantly throwing petrol on this fire. Well, like even yeah. just in a practical sense, well, regardless of what you believe and regardless of how you think we got to this point and any of that sort of thing. I saw someone tweet the other day and I wish I could remember who tweeted this so that I could acknowledge this thought. It was me. It was, it was probably Karis. Thank you. Uh, but they said... Uh, and it wasn't them giving any forgiveness or whatever to ISIS because I don't think that's a dangerous game to play yeah. as well. They are terrible people, and the minute you start beheading civilians, you lose any argument that you're trying to make, regardless. Yes. Yep. You know, um, but you know, they also said that if we bombed Utah for 14 years, you might find some, you know, yeah, um, uh, some uh, Mormons who had some fucking. Pro- you might have some Mormon terrorists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I would. I could get behind that. War a little bit easier, probably. The, the Mormon terrorists? <laughs> the Mormon, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it, it really is true. I mean, it, you know, like, and how, and how many times are you going to try to solve a puzzle that's just missing pieces? <laughs> like, you just can't, the, the well, friction that they're, lies. They're, they're saying, well, we have to attack ISIS because ISIS kills civilians. And by the way, I do believe this is where we should be drawing our line in battles and wars. And I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near it enough anymore. Yeah. Killing civilians used to be a big fucking deal. I know. And we're so desensitized. With You think about that that uh, that Planned Parenthood shooting. It, they they really just, in our in American media, they move so quickly. The, the shootings that your attention span... You're, you're used to it. It used two years ago. I was like, we will solve the gun problem. Now I'm like, it won't ever get solved because we're just too. We're you can just click away from the story on Facebook and move on. And but also, it's ramped up and amplified so much. Like it used to be the time where, like, I can't remember, but you know, three, four, five years ago, yeah. when there was a school shooting, huge, where like there was marches in the street, yeah. and we've got to shut this thing down. And yeah. now it's every second day. Yeah, it's true. Like and that's how and but the same with killing civilians. This yeah. drone warfare, the idea that the, this terrorism—it's become very like. I mean, America and Australia are looking for more powers in the when they're dropping these bombs on Syria yeah. to essentially loosen because it, like, what they're saying at the moment is a lot of the time they can't drop the bombs. They come back from the bombing raids without dropping the bombs yeah. because you know the, the terms of engagement say that you're not allowed to kill civilians. And basically, their solution to this is they're going. We need to relax Can we, those a laws. couple? Break a few eggs for this tasty omelette? And I'm like, what? Hang on. If we're killing civilians, we're no better than, uh, than they will, are, surely. I, the, the truth In that, that regard. If you wanted to make the argument on the other side, if you want to be that person looking and going, who is that comedian? Is that comedian ISIS or is that comedian America? Yeah. You could easily, if you wanted to convince a kid that like the West is anti-Muslim and yeah. anti-whatever, there's plenty of evidence. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 you're totally right. I mean, there's no, you know, it, that really is totally, to your point, it's your perspective. You know, 
We're in the eyes of America, we will be potentially killing civilians to stop ISIS, who is so evil and so terrible and has done so much awful stuff to us. But then you go to the Middle East, where we'll be bombing them, and you think about if you know your family gets killed by an American bomb that gets dropped, you did nothing. It's hard. How is that? It's hard to say the big picture. How is that fair? Right. Yeah. I watched this thing. It, I can't remember what it was. Some Netflix documentary, but it was basically talking. You know, the drone strikes um, in Iraq are so prevalent. Like, I mean, you know, that's really. Hang on. Wh- is, it, is this one of Carly Fiorino's policies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I watched this next. <laughs> Carly Fiorino, Netflix and chill. That's a that's a policy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She just she yeah. watched a lot of Netflix documents. She's like, and now, I don't remember. And now, uh, sugar. It was this thing. I got some, it was. I've got some opinions about sugar. I can go into my queue. It's in my queue. <laughs> I'll find it in my queue. It was under my recommended. God, I wish I could remember the name. Okay, of you it. guys know about chemtrails, right? You chemtrails. Guys, yeah, you guys heard about those. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the the dude this this regular Rocky dude was talking about how in Iraq now you. Uh, you hate blue skies because blue skies, they use drones that are reflective of the blue. And so they basically are able to fly drones overhead and you can't see them. Right. But on gray days, on cloudy days, uh, either they won't fly or you can see them. And so it makes you not feel like you want to go outside on sunny days. Right. But, but, which is, but why is it that people from those countries don't love us for sending over giant flying yeah. robots that kill them? Yeah. I mean, you know. And, and and really, the truth is, if you just there's such a footprint with war. Like it is not, it's not. It never. It used to be like when you're talking about like the last time that we had a, a the states had a victory in war. It's because war used to be like a simple right, kind of you versus me. Whoever yeah. surrenders loses. Right. And now doesn't it, work like it's that. Not that's not what we're dealing with. Not playing the same game. Yeah. And and but you were trying to use the same tactics. Right. We're trying to you know we're waiting for the white flag of surrender, and it's like. You know, maybe you just have to understand that this is something we have to find a way to, you know, totally reduce and limit. But I mean, what what are we going to do? But you can't bomb your way out of it. You can't. You can't go killing everybody. Well, you can't just do it the same way. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It's it's clearly not working. Yeah. And this is not me having some political position on this because it's just the evidence is in. Well, I always the sample, have, the sample has been going yeah. long enough, and I think even this from, approach is not working. And I think even from a humanitarian point, I mean, you have to just, you know, it, it's such a strange dichotomy to think that we sit here talking about Planned Parenthood and how it's devaluing life and how it's hurting life, and we don't value life, and then you have in the same political debate people being like, "We need to bomb the fucking shit out of these dudes." Right. I mean that 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 is. I mean, you really, ha- if you boil those down, th- they're diametrically opposed. Right. But also, if, if you could give me any evidence that bombing the shit out of them would solve any of the problems, yeah. then at least we could have the conversation. Yeah. But essentially what they're saying is, hey, we're going to do this thing that has not worked yeah. consistently. Again. Again. How do you feel? Hey, China, you got any money? Yeah. <laughs> hey, China, I, I almost hit blackjack on that last one, baby. You got another hit for daddy? Sure, sure, here you go. It's another million. I feel like you're about to get hot. Fucking dumb piece of shit. Huh? <laughs> no, not you, man. Not you. I was just talking to a dog. He, he's got to go pee. Go, buddy. Gamble. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. America's going to make a great golfing course. Oh, man, it's like one of those things where 
I mean, look, you know what? Let's have a break. Okay. I think that's it. We always right, need yeah. a podcast yep. break. And I feel like we've, you know. Yeah, that was a good one. We stum- <laughs> we've stumbled into a, like, a, we're way out of our depth. We found our point. quagmire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this our, is our Middle East. This is our unwinnable war. But but instead, what we I've decided is a strategic retreat. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Let's pull out. Let's just pull out. Pull out. I'm done. I feel like you know what? This is your mess to clean up. Let's see how that one works for a while. I mean, we can always come back. Yeah, we'll come you know back what? if we want to. If we want to, I don't think we will. But I feel like right now, yeah. You know what? Yeah. You guys have a go at sorting yeah, this go. out. Yeah, go. Have fun. Yeah, we will go home and pay some bills. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're back. Yeah. I mean, to the people, there was no... No, we didn't. We talked in between. But we talked in between. There yeah. was an in-between bit. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Netflix documentaries. And yeah. It reminded me of something. Amy and I watched one when we were on uh, on holiday. Huh. And uh, we watched this one. Uh, it was uh, called That Sugar Movie, I believe it was mm-hmm. called. And uh, by an Australian actor. Okay. And it's kind of like, a, well, here's the premise. I'll run you through it. Okay. Uh, sugar is bad. Right. Spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) Shocker. So uh, it's one of those things that like kind of masquerades as a documentary. Right. Um, So this guy, this actor, he he, uh, hadn't eaten sugar for three years. Okay. And then he decides to make this movie about sugar to see, uh, you know, subjectively what uh, sugar does to you. You know, a guy who's not eaten sugar for three years. Let's just one more time. Yep. A guy who's not eating sugar for three years, yep. decides to objectively yeah. make a movie about whether sugar's good for you or yeah. not. Just ask the questions. Well, it's like a white With guy no making prejudice. a Black Lives Matter documentary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just makes sense. He's got the perspective you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's come into it and basically he goes to the doctor and then he kind of, it supersizes me a bit. Right. Like, you know, so basically, basically, but all he's doing is having 40 teaspoons or whatever of sugar a day for a month which is like yeah, essentially so just eating what you don't actually have to eat a lot that's kind of the premise is you really just have a couple of juices a day or whatever and that's all your sugar like because yeah. this movie is all about hey guess what everything has sugar in it shitloads and then he goes and interviews a bunch of people who tell him that sugar is really bad for you yeah. which is fair enough fair. like i mean that's experts yeah but then he, but my favorite bit about it is that he constantly does that thing and goes i was surprised to learn <laughs> shockingly really yeah were you yeah you weren't in yeah. any way surprised to learn that sugar was bad for you this is the entire premise of this <laughs> you know it like if, what are you gonna prove if at the end you're like oh my god you know what i was a dickhead sugar's delicious <laughs> yeah yeah i wasted three years of my life thank god i made this documentary <laughs> snorting lines of sugar at the end <laughs> oh yeah that's some good shit that's Colombian. Look at how miserable I was before. Yeah. Right. Well, in America, we like I'm sure it's the same there. We cut. uh, It's all about fat, not about sugar. Sugar's put in everything so that you can say that it has less fat. Right. And this is big thing of like that fat's okay, but sugar's yeah. But sugar's not right. Yeah. He was a bit pro-fat for mine, to be honest. I wanted to watch another Netflix documentary, but the thing was, okay. So he does this whole thing where it's, and the interesting thing is, I, I, I hated him so much in this. He may be a nice guy in real life, right? But I hated him so much in this. <laughs> all, all it's made me do is hate eat sugar. Yeah, like so, I, so, every time. Wait, su- every, so you quit? I the sugar documentary. Oh uh, yeah, like every time I'm offered sugar at the moment, I take it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you want sugar in that coffee? Not normal. But today, yes, take that, Damien. Leave the saucer. 
Damon, I think his name is actually not even Damien. Uh, but I'm going to see if I can find. There's this one bit of it. So it's, it's mostly shot in that same, you know, Netflix documentary style that you would, you know, imagine anything is. Yeah. But then at the end, the <laughs> there's this... <sighs> okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now, so I'm just going to show you it. All right. And... So here's what you've got to imagine, right? Okay. Um, the the movie finishes. It looks like an ordinary documentary, and then right at the end, what I'm about to play you. Oh my god! Happens. Wait a right? second. The title alone is intriguing. Okay. What? That uh, yeah. The title is that sugar song. Uh, official music video. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Oh boy. And now I'm just going to play this for you. Okay, so, oh my god! This is the guy. That's the guy, by the way. I mean, it's like he's dressed like a magician, and like it's coming up, going, "Mr. Sugar." Yeah, and he's going down an aisle of sugary foods. What the fuck? Well, he's throwing sugar on kids. I hate this guy. Oh my god! Now he's got his head superimposed on like a breakdancer's body. Now a girl, a bunch of girls dressed like pastries are coming out of little fancy coffee drinks. He's just dancing with girls in sequence. What? Gum and run don't rhyme. A woman's breastfeeding and he's giving the baby Mountain Dew. I do think that um, his uh, girlfriend or wife is pregnant and that's one of the storylines. Now he's small and he's on a breakfast table and now he's running around on uh, jelly toast. Yeah, he was on toast, laying on the toast. Laying on the toast. Now he's sitting on a lemon. What the fuck? I mean, it <laughs> like it. It it's hard to. The production of it is good. I mean, the production's amazing. But it's wasted. Ugh, this guy's insane. What was your What was your face like when this came on? You just spent. You just wasted time watching this. Seriously, now he's cotton candy with cotton candy over his dick. He's naked with it over his dick. This. Everybody must watch this. He pulled a cigar out of his mouth, which is one of my favorite things. I mean, it's a very well-made film clip. Like, it's yeah, very- no, it's a shame that somebody had to direct this because they wasted their time. What? This is just like they had a ton of money left over in the budget. And they were like, fuck it. He's back on the jelly toast. That's my favorite line. I'm the only thing in toffee. Sugar, put it in your coffee. Sugar. I'm the only thing in toffee. toffee. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I could, like for the rest of our vacation, all I could see was (laughs) sugar, put it in my coffee. Sugar. It's all it's in toffee. toffee. And once you start singing that, once you start singing that, you were just like, sugar. Uh, What an asshole. Put it in your pocket. Sugar. (laughs) Launch it with your rocket. (laughs) 
<laughs> Put it in your mouth. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. So how, Terrible. Okay, so I've got to walk you through what had been going on. So we're up in... Hopefully you took a lot of acid. So... Well, you're almost right. Yeah. So we were up in Byron Bay. <laughs> okay. And uh, we are at um, uh, so uh, Byron Bay is like a hippie kind of like area of Australia, and uh, okay. Amy's mother had uh, made us some uh, little cakes. Okay. <laughs> and they were her special Byron Bay recipe cakes. Oh, special cakes. Yeah. Oh wow. And so she I, made space cakes. So I was on uh, my little holiday, and I <laughs> may have had a couple of these cakes. Right. Yeah. And I am like Amy is by now got bored of this sugar documentary. Right. And she's like, you know, wandering around the house doing something, but I'm watching right till the end, and then that comes on. And hey, like, Amy. Amy. No. Well, the first thing is like I'm like I've got to watch it. Like you know, I, I was like. What the fuck? And I was like, I'm going to call her. And then I was like, no, 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 no. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. She, we yeah. can't both go into this yeah. side unsaid. Yeah, yeah. One of us has got to go ahead yeah. and see if it's going to blow her mind too much. So I've watched it. Is it the ring? Oh, man. Like that. So I've watched it. And then I said, honey, you've got to. Baby, I'm going to need you to sit down. You've got to come here. You have to sit. Come here. And you have to sit down. You have to watch this thing. <laughs> Like it is, it, it, it's it's all that's in toffee. Well, what are you talking about? It's it's all that's in toffee. It's just it. You put it in your coffee. It's all it's all that's in toffee. Come home. It's all that's in toffee. <laughs> what a penis! Like it takes a lot to call someone a penis, just than the sterile version of the word. Not a dick. Not a. He's just a penis. What a penis! It's the best sugar. <laughs> Oh, and at the end he goes back to being smug and off sugar. Oh, good. Yeah. Prick. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, turns out it is bad for you. Right. Thanks, Netflix. Okay. Mr. Obvious. Yeah. Obvious. <laughs> it's all that's Obvious. in this documentary. <laughs> Obvious. I come off as a cock. Obvious. It's all that's in this doc. <laughs> Um, I tell you what, though, uh, I also took uh, some of those uh, cakes to watch Amy's dad sing in his choir. Oh wow! Yeah, so um, and they're they're good good cakes. No good cakes. And while we're up there, uh, so Amy's dad was there. Sugar in the cakes? Sugar? Yeah, there would have been sugar. (laughs) It's in these space cakes. (laughs) Sugar gets rid of all your eggs. Yeah. Sugar, it's even in the bun. Sugar makes everything fun. Yeah, I loved it. So we went. So Amy's like, she didn't want to go because she's like embarrassed. Like she's like, I don't want to go and see my dad like singing a choir, right? Right. And I was like, well, it's really important to him. And secondly, there was still a little bit of me that it was like, regardless of how this goes, yeah, this has got to be entertaining. It's a win-win for sure. Right. If it's great, that's great, and you're proud. If it's not, it's hilarious, and you're glad you ate space cakes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't see a scenario where this space goes. cakes. They're all that's in will. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and and with the added bonus, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, of the fact that you know it's fun to go along with that, and also experience Amy being uncomfortable. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you have that element too. That adds yeah, to the fun totally. as well. Yeah, right? it's so, all amped up. Okay. Yeah. So, we we end up going to this thing. <laughs> I can just see her being like, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> so uh, 
we we she drives over and uh, I'm the passenger this night, you know. Uh-huh. So so I get to have my cakes. Yeah, and, and, then, <laughs> and eat it too. And then we get to the uh, bottle shop beforehand, and we go and get a little sneaky bottle of uh, oh, vodka. this is great already, right? To yeah. Sne- yeah, like. We're having a fun night, yeah. you know. We're like yeah. <laughs> this ain't your daddy's choir. I mean, it is. It is your daddy's choir. So, and it, oh, it's in a church. I need to find oh, that wow. out, right? So, we go to Lismore, uh, and we go to this church in Lismore to watch this thing. And you know, we're feeling like you know, school children, like yeah, you know, slugging the you know, vodka yeah. on the steps yeah. of the church yeah. and yeah. stuff while everybody's yeah. going yeah. in. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's great. And we don't really know what to expect, of course, you know, at the same time as well. So we go in. Uh, 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 so a couple of things. Uh, firstly, uh, one of my favorite things was we've gone in. Dad, her dad hasn't told us that it costs money. Oh, okay. That's like, interesting. Again, it's not like we're. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we have a problem. Yeah. No, for sure. But interesting. Just didn't mention it. Interesting. Didn't mention, hey, just. Interesting wrinkle. Because it's twenty five dollars each. Wow, right? Jesus! Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I'll I'll say it. That's more than we charge for shows, right? Like a lot more. <laughs> yes. Like twenty five bucks each, not like for two. Because here's what happened. Amy's gone up to the lady at the door and she's like, oh, we saw the money. And she goes, oh, is there a donation or something? And the lady gets so shitty. Oh, wow. She goes, ah, no, we sell tickets. They're $25 each. We'd like to pay our performers. And I was Whoa, like, fucking yeah, well, yeah, come down late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, mate, I do, I, I do some open mic gigs in LA that I'd love you to have a chat to. Yeah. But This choir would be bumped in LA, all right? <laughs> Here's your 50 fucking dollars. You know what? Here's another 25. Get your attitude fixed. You know what? Start a fucking possible if you want to fund your fucking art. <laughs> All right? Right? Anyway, exactly. Father, Son, Holy Sale, yeah. that shit. I'll, I'll sign you up to Patreon. But you know what? Here's a donation. Actually, you guys should be on Patreon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you guys would thrive there. I mean, by the way, again, All in right. the spirit of coming up with great businesses, yeah. There Patreon. we go. Patreon. I mean, where you can... Yeah. Church funding. Church funding. Patreon. And for church, because, I mean, that is... Yeah. The, yeah. <sighs> okay. Look, I mean, we don't have the time, but we yeah, don't. there it is. You know what? They just we have that. Take it, someone. There you go. Go, religion. Have fun. <laughs> okay. No more passing the stupid tray around. This isn't a tray-tree-on. <laughs> We want you to move from your old tray-tree-on. You want a tray-tree-on. To- we want you on a Patreon. Okay. <laughs> Money. It's all that's in Patreon. <laughs> Start using that as the jingle for every business. Like, what is that? <laughs> does does get in your head though? It does. It's in my head in a bad way. But yeah, I'll give you money. This choir better be fucking good. So, firstly, we have to pay twenty five dollars each. So, okay. Suddenly, and this is my attitude all the time. If uh, if I get free tickets to a show. Often I'll pay to go and see a show because I want to be able to have an opinion about that show right. afterwards, right? Yeah. And my kind of feeling on that is if I go and see someone, like Mark Maron, for example, when I went and saw Mark Maron, yeah. I, I bought tickets to that show, yeah. which meant that, you know, I could honestly say one way or the other whether I enjoyed it or not, which I, do, I did very much, but like I can say that. Yeah. I paid for a ticket. I can, yeah. you know, talk about it as a punter, you know. Yeah. But if I get a free ticket or something and I particularly, if I get a free ticket or something and I enjoy it, I will spread the word. Thank you for giving me the free ticket. And he's, you know, yeah. that's the kind of the agreement. Yeah. And I think the agreement with the free ticket is if you give someone a free ticket and they don't enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Sorry. SOL. Yeah. And that's what I'm a bit like as well. And yeah. but, so beforehand, I was going in very generous. 
now, <laughs> now, now, like twenty five bucks. That better be some goddamn I mean, fireworks be, up and there. And to be honest, like fifty bucks. Fifty I, bucks. You know, I mean, I pay. Yeah. So that's fifty bucks. This better. There better be some lights. There better be lasers. You know what? I charged thirty five for political will, and yeah. I worked on that for months. <laughs> yeah. Like there better be some fucking topical satire in this shit. You know? <laughs> like, there better be a plot. I'm expecting a plot. Twenty five dollars. I could have downloaded the new Adele. Yeah. <laughs> you guys realize. If you guys are not, I could have Adele forever or Amy's dad's choir for an hour. If you are not as good as 11 new Adele tracks. Yeah. Then. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's the biz, right? That's right? you do the, you do the biz. This is like Adele. Yeah. She's going to, she sold like 3 million albums yeah. in a week. How many albums you guys sold, and by the she, way? She prices her CD, her yeah. download, at twenty four ninety nine, And so you a, fuckers. It's cheaper. Think, it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Save myself a, a cent. She's, under, she's undercutting them. Adele. Adele. That's what she thinks Adele. that's worth. Anyway, back to your dad's anyway, choir. Whatever. <laughs> She had musicians she needed to pay as well. Yeah, of Have course. Have seen Adele yeah. on stage? It's yeah. like 20 people. Somehow they found a way. But anyway, 25. Anyway, whatever. 50. Sure. Come on, Amy. <laughs> Give me that fucking vodka. <laughs> Space Cakes is going to have a time. <laughs> so... We go in and we sit at the back because her dad told us the acoustics were better at the back, which okay. is good because that suited our purposes of totally. also sitting at yeah. the back. Um, and uh, we hadn't taken the vodka bottle into the church. Okay. We didn't think that was very respectful. Right. Uh, so what we'd done is we'd poured the vodka. It would, it would be holy vodka. Mm. We yeah. poured it into some mixed drinks. So we That's had some nice. like, you know, some sodas. Right. And we just poured the vodka into that. So re- realistically to the outside world, we yep. were just... Couple of people there to see a choir that right. cost fifty dollars for exactly. some reason. And you know what? Even before that, I was like, "Can we drink our sodas in church?" But I'm like, "Well, it's not a church tonight." Yeah, like it's just a venue. Well, it especially is a fucking venue now. Right, twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, you can mosh. Right, they're not say- selling drinks, so no. I'm gonna be able to bring my own drink yeah, in. Right. Absolutely. Yep. That's their world. And they ordinarily serve wine there, so they must have a liquor license Listen, of some kind. You gotta have the blood somehow. Right. Daddy needs his blood. Exactly. Yeah. I assume the priest has an RSA. Uh, responsible. Uh, you probably don't have that in your country, no. but that's a good reference. Okay. <laughs> that's off the... That's what you need. To yeah. Yeah. Well, you've already had the body. You had yeah. the space cakes. Yeah. And you've got the vodka, the blood. So... All right. So we're pretty ready to go. Yeah. Now, it, start, it starts... Uh, okay. So this is the format of the evening. Uh, the choir sing first. And they are... I would say they're probably 24, 26 strong. It's a very big choir. Dollar, dollar a guy. Uh, men and women too, mixed okay. mixed choir, okay, and uh, mixed personalities. Very much. I, I said afterwards, one of the things I loved about it the most was because ordinarily, if you go and see like a choir or whatever. So uh, to set some context for for you and for our international listeners, sure, this area under the northern rivers, basically area is what they call it. Um, very much uh, where your artistic community is, like conservation community, hippies, right. like a bit of a drug community, but very like a holiday sort of environment as well. Right. It has that sort of feel of being like an alternative, a progressive place, a place where like – so all the people who are in this, it turns out, even in this amateur choir, and it's an amateur choir, apart from the fact that I'm really – Sounds against, professional. It's an amateur. It's an amateur. So – We didn't say it. Uh, turns out that they're all really, you know, a lot of really talented musicians. Okay. But ordinarily, if you go and see a choir or a symphony orchestra or whatever, they tend to kind of look similar. Yeah. Because they're all dressed the same. Yeah. They're all of a certain life experience and they're a professional What are they wearing? They're just wearing whatever? So, well, it's one of those things where they've always been told to wear black, but right. with like a splash of color. Okay. Like, so, for a start, 
So everyone's kind of in black, right. but in whatever black clothes they happen to own, not yeah. in the same black clothes, <laughs> right. which is already good. Yeah, you know? it's nice. And nice then, and hodgepodgey. And it's so good just to assume <laughs> people's personalities based the on color. how they have interpreted I mean, a like, splash of color. Like a mood choir. Right. Yeah. There's literally one woman in the in the middle who's wearing a red dress yeah. with like black leggings. And I'm like, a splash? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's a Somebody brought a tidal wave. <laughs> Wow, she's really going for right. man. <laughs> so also, and and there ra- a really wide range of people where you think these people would never really do anything together or meet unless they were in this choir performing together. So it's so, just all walks of life, really. Yeah. Okay, and so that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, so you kind of get to watch these people and you know watch them all and kind of invent what you think their life story yeah. is. Up. So already, it's it's pretty great. But they start seeing this piece of music, and it's I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like the the guy who's conducting it, who's arranged it all, clearly has a great passion for this and knows what he's doing and whatever. And he's made this group of amateurs, you know, sing this absolutely beautiful music. So they do one or two songs at the start and it's really great. Right. Um, So they do their bit. Oh, also, this is what I loved as well. Clearly a couple of people still reading the music, but most people aren't. Some people not off book yet. And then you... And then you really know that there's going to be. I, I asked uh, Amy's dad about that later. I said, "Is there issues in the choir?" Oh yeah. Oh, oh mate, you know when you see someone like you just go, "Oh, I've been waiting for someone to ask this question." Money well spent. Yeah, sit back, relax, yeah, yeah. pull up a chair, pull yeah. up a pew. Well, so, someone doesn't know the words at their twenty-five dollar choir thing. Right. Still don't know the words? <laughs> right. They're not off book. You should be able to go back to the front and be like, yeah, yeah, some of them didn't know the words. Right. I want at least 25 back. If I went and saw like Mad Max Fury Road yeah. and like uh, Tom Hardy was just reading his lines. Yeah. yeah. Or the, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd ask for a couple of dollars back. I'd go around to George Miller's well, house. If it was Mad like, Max, I think we'd be like, that was a tremendous decision yeah, that by was George. Good, yeah. Like, Very interesting. I mean, call. I guess in the future, that's what Max would do. He really. would. I mean, he had he, his, if you think about it, he was already, he'd already lived this. Yeah. So he already had the script. In, do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> And in 3D, did you see? Oh my God, those the words really popped, popped off the page. Oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Literally, he was off holding it up to the camera yeah. for one of the scenes. <laughs> amazing choice again by George. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't need to see it. I read it. You know what I mean? It's very exactly. <laughs> so, passionate guy in charge. Um, beautiful music. And By then, passionate, you mean he is. So, what is he doing? Is he like talking to the crowd, or is he? You can just okay. see he's like he's MC. An emfa- okay, his MC skills need a little bit to be desired. Sure, he looks flamboyant. You know, is what I would say. He looks okay. like a guy who looks like he would be conducting a choir for no other reason. Maybe than, would do a sugar song. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was. I was hoping they might bust out the sugar song as an encore. <laughs> so. It's, it's, in it's going really well and it's really beautiful and we're in this church. Okay. So basically, I went in there hoping that at least some of it would be comical, but the truth is that it seems like it's just going to be beautiful, uh, right? Seemed. Uh, so then at one stage, uh, so the next, some children come out. There's a children's choir and then okay. they come out and sing, which is Always you know, fun. adorable and Always cute. Always fun. And again, my favorite moment of the night, because the night was so good, I said this to Amy's dad later, I said, when a night's really great, imperfections like small imperfections quirky imperfections yeah make it better yeah like 
the only time when like and I think as performers we forget this all the time like if one little thing goes wrong we get obsessed yeah. by it but sometimes it's a little thing that goes wrong that's actually the magic that as long as every mostly it all went great yeah the little thing that went wrong can sometimes be the best bit yeah you know, of it <clears throat> and it was certainly a bit like that on this night so um, the kids come out and my favorite moment they do a really good they do sing two songs and they do really well and there's this like gorgeous little girl on the end who as they're about to finish, like they're coming into the last, like, you know, like uh-huh. verse or like a must maybe even the last line. And you can just tell that she has like sees the finish line and she knows this is the last <laughs> it's line. It's time to give it. And then it all just comes out <laughs> way too quick and way too loud and like way in advance of everybody else. Like she's just made a break for it towards the <laughs> she's end. She's turned it into a round. Yeah. yeah. So we're all just agreeing we're walking together to the finish line. <laughs> That <laughs> one. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Essentially, like the person on uh, Survivor when they're doing one of those challenges where you have to pay for the thing and everybody's waiting and no one's going to go for the <laughs> yeah. the advantage, and then one person's like, "I'm good. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in this week for sure." Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I know we had a but <laughs> see at the vote Survivor. Sorry, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Anyway, I'll be sleeping on steak. Good night. So, yeah, so she did that, which was gorgeous and wonderful as well. Later on, uh, when the choir were back for their big number at the end, somebody started early. Oh, really? Yeah, just as I was about to go, one person was like, oh, Oh, and then, oh, that's the the best. best. That is the best. The best. Like for us. Uh because then the rest of it was beautiful. Yeah. And like there were, he told me there were other mistakes within it, but you can't tell if you don't know the piece intricately. Right. Like externally, it just all seemed perfect apart from that. Yeah. But when one person goes out early. It's a joy. Oh, it's, the, <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you're in the car and like a song comes on and you and the other person are about to uh. sing it and you like go girl early and then you try to pretend like yeah. you're just warming up for the like you just, <laughs> or, or when you're in the car with someone and you like you you think you think you know all the words right. so you're like i'm going for yeah. it and then you realize oh i don't know that line very well oh johnny used to work on the docks <laughs> yeah. I, oh that is tim easter around the time. <laughs> what huh tim no what i what? that verse yeah. isn't an, a little bit it's in the next I, verse yeah i'm ahead i live I've, i listen to a lot of live <laughs> a lot of it so <laughs> Okay. So kids come out, kids do the choir. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, then three women have their own like choir. Sure. They sing. Brilliant. And also, by the way, like again, one really sh- one really short woman. Oh god. And like one normal sized woman. And then one and then one really tall woman. Oh, perfect. Like I, 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 Amy said, what were they called again? And I was like, the Goldilocks choir. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, just right, you lead. <laughs> Give it up for Just Right, everybody. Also, Too Hot, Too Cold. Thank you, guys. I'm Just Right and Too Hot, Too Cold. Hi, I'm Just Right. This is Too Hot. This is Too Cold. You can find us on iTunes. We'll be back in two minutes, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Support our pa- pra- Sup- Patreon. Support the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook. So then, they, then an orchestra, a symphony orchestra come out and play. Okay. Now, what I would have done if I was going to rejig the show, and of course, you know, that's what I start doing. I go, I would have had the orchestra at the start, right. then choir, then the, like, yeah, the kids, orchestra come back later. But they do three numbers, which uh-huh. is probably one too many at that point right. when you've been seen singing. Now it's like, yeah. you know, it'd be like going to a concert. Yeah, and then, and then they just like jam for like fifteen. Or minutes. they do like they do they they do like their new album, yeah. and then the band is just going to play the instrumental version for a little bit. 
Oh, or it's like that moment in like a Bon Jovi concert when uh, uh, Richie Sambora gets to do his song yeah. and everyone goes to the bar. Yeah, really. like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it's Keith Richards' turn, you're like, I'm going to piss. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, this, this next one is... Uh, hey, Richie. Hey, Slash wants to sing something. Hey, Slash is going to do something <laughs> off a snake pit. Slash, get up here. You guys remember Snake Pit? No? All right, Slash, go for it. This one's 12 minutes. Where's everyone going? The beer vendors are like, my, my hands, my hands. <laughs> I can't work like this. God damn you, Slash. Yeah, this, this song is 12 minutes, which we uh, calculated was the perfect amount of time. Which means everyone can get a pretzel of beer and take a one or two. We'll be, all right, Slash, go for it, baby, from the top. Two, three, four. This is Slash's number. Speaking of slashing. Speaking of a slash. Now might be the perfect Guys, the porta potties are over there yeah. if anyone needs to slash. Anyway, here's the one most Slash. Here we go. All right, Slash, now everyone's ready. All right, Slash, everyone's where we need them for your song. Go for it, man. <laughs> Take it, baby. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, symphony orchestra are brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and then the the choir and the symphony orchestra do a big thing together. Right. So that's that's you that's your closing number. Yeah. And again, fantastic. Yeah. You've seen all the elements. And then the only thing that I would have done, again. But this is just a bit more showbiz and theatricality. Sure. I would have taken one of the numbers that the orchestra did, maybe even two, do them at the start. You come into this beautiful church. Here's how I stayed. Yeah. You come into the beautiful church and you get to hear this beautiful orchestra music in this beautiful church, which adjusts you to like, you know, the, the environment, yeah. environment yeah, yeah. and those sort of things, right? Yeah. Then I would have done choir, yeah. kids' choir, women's you know, choir. Yeah. You know, sorry, too hot, too cold. <laughs> yeah, just, right. Yeah, just right, too hot, yeah. too cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just right in the two sisters. <laughs> then I would have done uh, orchestra comeback for one, you know, big number. Yeah. Then. Get them all out. Get them all out together. Our favorite right? characters that That's we've fallen it. in love with. And I would have brought the kids back. The kids, yeah. The kids didn't come back at all. I would have had the kids back at least for just one little yeah. bit of that. Yeah. That's your show, right? But. It's the little things that happen on the night that sometimes make the you know, the the night the best is yeah. what I would say. So the first thing is that um, we uh, so we we, scoot, we wanted to scoot to the middle of the pew um, so that uh, we could see the kids better, basically. Right. And as we did that, we knocked over oh boy our bottles oh boy not now they were they were unopened they were yeah yeah their lids were on okay but it. Made a noise right in the middle of the right, and everyone kind of like yeah, and it wasn't a big noise, but I was like, oh god, like <laughs> this is what we are. Yeah, well, you know, it's a noise. Yeah, we're, yeah. The, we're the drunk stone messes of the back of the church, <laughs> ruining it for everyone. Who now are mad because they can't see? Can't right. see, man. <laughs> so as it turns out, that that was going to be an unremembered part of the night because okay. enough other things went, you know, kind of took them off your trail. Became the talking yeah, point, right? right? That we got knocked down the list. Okay. Firstly, about a third of the way in, uh, church lights mm-hmm. start burning on fire. Burning. So, yeah. So they've got these like uh, um, what do you call them? Fluorescent lights. Uh-huh. Those long tube. Fluorescent yeah, yeah. Lights just down the side of the church. Uh huh. <laughs> And one of them just starts burning. Well, that's like, a terrible sign. Like smoking. What? <laughs> yeah, like smoking first and then leaking some sort of... It's a miracle! Noxious gas. <laughs> oh, my God. And then shorts out the lights so the lights just have to go off, right? So, wait, so, wait, is anyone performing? Yeah, this is like while it's on. 
And do they stop? They stop for. They have to go. Oh, we have to stop because you know <laughs> people might die. If from there's this a glass. fire. <laughs> yeah, right. Get the holy water. <laughs> That's the best. Get the holy fire extinguisher. <laughs> It'll be quicker. Father, bless it. Move. God damn it, it took. So, yeah, so light goes out. But basically what that means, happy accident, serendipity, like it was still lit on the stage. Yeah. But now we're just in darkness what? in the pews. Right. So, And as we know from doing like you know gigs and stuff, if yeah. your audience is in darkness, yeah. already a better show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The best. So now it's like got this really kind of cool feel. So we're loving it. We're in the dark. That's uh, and that's how it remained. And that's how it remains. Oh, so great. That's show. awesome. Okay. To the point where I was like, you know, if that was your show, I'd be like, put that in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. We're going to charge 28 tomorrow. And they're like, why 28? It was 25. Yeah, no more questions. Pyro. <laughs> Don't so, worry. Hang on. Did, what did you say, pyro? Yeah. We had to hire a fire marshal. Yeah, just just like, three more dollars. Three dollars. Come on. People, people pay 25, they'll pay 28. Right. <laughs> this is a choir. <laughs> they're already here. Yeah. They're probably related to someone in the show. They have to pay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then... It, all of it was great, but the thing that was missing f- for me was some bit of nonsense. Right. right? And we got it. Uh, <laughs> the guy in charge, the guy who's like put the <laughs> I was hoping together. he'd come back. <laughs> the guy, My flamboyant, energetic friend from earlier. The guy who's put the orchestra together, the guy who's like put the choir together, the guy, the guy who's the, you know, the genius the behind it all, the architect, yeah. who's put this night on. For nothing more, I mean, literally, he's you know put together a choir and an orchestra, and he's doing some gigs in a church yeah. for the local community, and they've actually made this really beautiful, you know, piece of work. Yeah, and and it's something to genuinely be admired. Yeah, but to for me, it's missing one of those, you know, great sort of right moments. Yeah. <laughs> now, this will be a bit hard for you to understand, but in Australia, there's this uh, cartoonist who's. Uh, famous you know been famous for years called michael lunig and he's a favorite of the left and of you know like of so he's political kind of yeah but he draws i mean here's the thing and this will be a controversial opinion to have but here it is i've never understood the appeal i've never found him funny or interesting right he writes these weird fucking pointless cartoons about curly-headed fucking things and they have these weird poems and he's anti-vaccines and he has weird opinions about israel and like i mean there's, right. a, there's a lot going on in doesn't these sound things. too cartoony oh man like in the, you know those cartoons that you're just like what is the point of this I, you're not supposed to offend right but also <laughs> like in a way yeah that, like just anytime you, the new yorker is like uh, right. not, uh, known for that here and it's like and it's a sort of like you know imagine the sort of people who would have a new yorker cartoon like pinned to their fridge yeah right? oh right yeah so okay. this is who like right yeah, he's famous for those sort of people. Right. And he's a beloved cultural icon of like, that means something to some people that for I've some never reason. really right. understood. <laughs> right, but, sure. But, but also even still now at this point, I feel weird saying that out loud because like it's controversial. Are, yeah, you're like Michael Lunig. <laughs> you're among no. friends here. I'm fine with yeah, it. I don't I just not, heard I about him. I don't like him. I've never liked him. I've never Michael Lunig? Uh, Michael Lunig. Lunig. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to fucking Google oh, one great. of these cartoons. Yeah. And, and show you a cartoon. It's actually called a Noogle. I'm going <laughs> to... And uh, anyway, so he's beloved of this sort of set. Uh, let's have a Google here. and We'll just say Michael Lunig uh, and cartoons. Lunig. Yeah. It's a Lugal. So you... Um, uh, Michael L E U N I G. Michael Lunig. Okay. 
Um, All my <clears throat> puns are bad. Here we go. Let's uh, well, let's find out. We can find out some stuff about Michael Lennig. Maybe I'll be talked around. Uh, here's his Wikipedia. Um, Michael Lunig, uh, typically referred to as Lunig, uh, is an Australian cartoonist, poet, and cultural commentator. Interesting. So there you go. Uh, his best known works uh, include The Adventures of Vasco Pajama. <laughs> okay. And sure. the Curly Flats series. The Curly Flat is some of the curly haired things yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, I guess about? so. He was declared an Australian living treasure by the National Trust of Australia in 1999. So. <laughs> Yeah. It's got that you know. You always wonder when someone's ego gets out of control. But when yeah. you're when you're called a living national treasure in '99, I mean, in '99, yeah, like he's had before almost Y2K. almost two decades. It's a good point of a living being a living. No treasure. wonder it went to his head. I mean, he's you're gonna be like a prick. By the way, can they take that back? <laughs> be can, great. can they revoke? <laughs> but I'm a living treasure. I, I imagine it's like diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. National living treasure. It's just been revoked. What? <laughs> But my everything. Uh, Lunig, a fifth-generation Australian. Well, okay, sure. Interesting. <laughs> Seems like a weird thing. Though. Sure. No, I mean, look, he's got roots. Right. Didn't come on a boat. No. Uh, a fifth-generation Australian. He probably originally came on a boat, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll guarantee that he did. Uh, was born in East Melbourne, grew up in Melbourne, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, as After working as a labourer in an abattoir. Oh, all right. In here an we go. abattoir? Here's some dark Jesus. Lunig enrolled at the Swinburne Film and Television School, where he was first interested in making documentaries. Uh, he was conscripted, conscripted in the Vietnam. And, oh, yeah, whatever. Okay. His cartoon career began while at Swinburne in 1965, when his cartoons appeared in the Monash University student newspaper, Lot's Wife. In the early 1970s, his work appeared in the radical satirical magazines Nation Review, The Digger, and London's Oz Magazine, as well as mainstream publications, including Newsday and Woman's Day. All right, okay. okay. Uh, the main outlet for Lunig's work has been in the Daily Fairfax Press, uh, Melbourne's The Age and Sydney's the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, in recent years, he has focused mainly on political commentary, sometimes substituting his simple drawings with reproduced photographic images with speech balloons attached. Yeah, he's been doing that Wait, a lot. Yeah, he's, not he's not a cartoonist he's not at even that a, point. Right. He's a, a phot- hypothetical dialogist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is how did he get away with that shift? Yeah, right. Someday he just hands that to the editor and they're like, uh Michael, um, quickly, these are just magazine cutouts. Yep. Are you do you but normally you draw the people? National Living Treasure. Yep, get out of here, you stinker. <laughs> you done it again. He did it again. He's good. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, here we go. When he dies, we'll be burying treasure. Uh, Lunig's drawings. This is his cartoons. Let's get to this. This is the cartoons. Lunig's drawings uh, are done with sparse, quivering line, usually in black and white with ink wash. The human characters are always drawn with exaggerated noses. Interesting. <laughs> this style served him well in the early years when he gained a loyal following for his quirky take on social issues. Don't you love someone who has a quirky take? Yeah, well, on look, social people's issues? noses are bigger. Quirky. <laughs> hey. Hey. Genius. Cut it out, put it on the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also, don't so you don't understand it. Yeah. People think you're stupid. Yeah, no, it is. You got to be like, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, now, uh, no, oh, yeah, very cutting. No. Now that That's I, very good. Now that I think about it, that is why very good. What a treasure. Too. Yeah. A living treasure. You know, he's yeah. a national living treasure. Yeah. 
Uh, he also made increasingly fre- frequent forays into a personal fantasy world. And oh, here we go. What? Of whimsy featuring small... And again, not enough whimsy. No. To, for me. Okay. In your daily newspapers. Yeah. You know no, it never is. When I'm picking up a newspaper, I'm like, you know what uh, this is missing? There's just no whimsy, whimsy stories. This is why people don't read newspapers anymore. <laughs> yeah. Not enough whimsy. You need to get the whimsy times. Right. It's loaded. Uh a uh, personal fantasy world of whimsy featuring small figures with teapots balanced on their heads. Get what? it? He's whimsical because they've got teapots on their heads. What? Because of the whimsy, Gareth. Wait. Don't say you was... don't understand it or people will think you're stupid. <laughs> well, people already think I'm stupid. <laughs> Why? What is that? No one knows. Just got to pretend. And, it, and that was sustaining throughout this strip? <sighs> Yep. Everybody had teapots on their heads? Uh, featuring small figures with teapots balanced on their heads, grotesquely curled hair, and many ducks. What the fuck? Because of well, whimsy. Don't say you don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and ducks? <laughs> Why? Lunig has frequently satirized concepts such as Americanization. Glee. By the way, that's such bullshit, right? There's no way. Like he, he no, he, he cut out people from the newspaper. But teapots on their heads, Gareth, <laughs> and the ducks. Whimsy, greed, consumerism, corporations, and warmongering. Oh, by really? The, by the way, by his calendar. Yeah. In a personal proclamation against the war on terror. Okay, he was anti-war on terror. Okay. Oh, look, we found a, we found a point that we both agree. On. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of particular note were his parodies of political matters especially those concerning former Australian Prime Minister John Howard and former American President George W. Bush. Uh, okay. So they would. So if he were to draw them, they would have teapots on their heads? I mean, who fucking knows? They'd probably be ducks. In 2008... They, wait, they would be... So wait, people would be ducks? Hang on, let's see if we can... Uh, let's, we'll get to... Okay. Because there's one here that says controversial works. Okay. So I've been waiting to kind of click on anything. Yeah, I thought we'd get some background. Yeah. And then we'll actually yeah, see uh, sure, some Sure, there is some works, background, right? definitely. Uh, in 2008, Lunig wrote that artists must never shirk from the confrontation with society or the state. Now, I, okay, I agree yeah. with that. Uh, his cartoons have occasionally been a source of controversy. Between 1995 and 2000, he drew the ire of working mothers by satirizing the heavy reliance upon childcare services in Australian culture in several of his works. So he went after, at last, at last. Doesn't feel very lighthearted. At last, working mothers have Who got what have come Childcare, yeah. yeah. Finally. Did you know what women should be doing? Staying at home Staying and raising home. the fucking baby. Did you not get With that? With a from, teapot on their head. Did you not get that from my whimsical duck? Huh? Come on, guys. clear? So cut it out, put it in the fridge. It just doesn't even sound like like you would think as even a cartoonist you would look for fertile comedy ground. Right. Not desolate desert. Oh no 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 no. It's fair to say that he's never looked for comedy ground fertile or otherwise. Okay. As so far he, as I can identify. So he more goes for hot button over funny. I mean, again, you're asking me to explain okay, what sorry, he's trying sorry, to achieve, which sorry. I have never found one single. You don't like towards. him, I get you. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, so he's anti-working mothers. Uh, Lunig's opposition to the invasion of Iraq. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. This one, although in line with over three quarters of the Australian populace, drew some criticism in the press. Uh, okay, that's fine. In 2006, Fairfax Media censored a cartoon in New South Wales, but not in Victoria, which criticised the then Prime Minister John Howard. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, Lunig has also stated his opposition to the Israeli government and three of his 2004 to 2006 pieces drew letters of protest nationally and internationally in relation to this. Three pieces took as their subjects IDF bomber pilots, shake, oh, whatever. I mean, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> So many teapots. All right. Um, okay. Let me uh, find uh, some pictures. Of, uh, I'm excited for the pictures. Lunig, yeah, let's Lunig cartoons. <laughs> I'm very excited because uh, what I have in my head is insane. Okay, so let's go to the vaccination one first because it came up as okay. one of the top. <laughs> Great. <laughs> he, he's anti-vaccine. He's anti-vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go. <laughs> it's always a fun approach. Okay. So that's this is just one of his. Uh, cartoons just there you want to describe what's going on uh it is the what what, what is that painting called the i mean the it's the, the one six, on the 16 60, chapel yeah 16 chapel where the two hands are about to touch and one of the hands has a i guess a vaccination uh syringe and above it it says fascist epiphany uh and under it it says this is almost like uh, our first meme uh the god of science grants politicians the divine right to enforce mass medication upon babies and small children <laughs> oh love you gotta check out this wait come on what come on get get here get around come on guys what guys have you seen today's lunatic he is how is that oh my god what the god a... of science. I mean, that's just not anywhere near humorous. Okay. All right. That's, right? That, no, There's nowhere. No, I mean, absolutely. So let's find some more Linux for you. <laughs> <laughs> the fascist epiphany. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how he did George W. Bush. Uh, let's okay. see if we can find that. Okay. Uh, let's see if we can find Linux cartoon George W. Bush. <sighs> No, here we go. Also, right. that was really light on his cartoonmanship. Okay. So, uh, this is, again, well, if you think that last one was lighter on his cartoonship, uh, I'm now going to show you one he did uh, about uh, former U.S. President uh, George W. Bush. He'll always just, be my president. If you could just talk uh, people through what? this one. Wait, no. What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. I mean, this is something that would just be on a sign at an anti-war rally. Um, it has a picture of George W. Bush with little hair horns. So it's almost like his hair's just gone up a little bit to make him look like horns. And above it is the question, is this the devil? <laughs> and then to the side it says, uh, your say, that's not the devil. I'm the devil. Bill Nusaheads? Oh, my God. Uh, that can't be the devil. Me and my friend Allison are having an affair with the devil, and we should know, although I must admit, we've never seen him without his mask on. Marjorie Adelaide. Another quote. I'm fed up with this your say rubbish. Your say, your say, your say. It's everywhere. It's crap. Richard Tweedheads. Then your say is a big con job. It creates the illusion that somebody listens and cares, but nobody gives a damn. It's all a load of cobblers for lonely, babbling loudmouths with nothing better to do. Aldo, Rushterders uh, Bay. Uh, how come some people use your say to attack your say? Very interesting. Charlotte, 
uh, from somewhere else that I won't pronounce. So, sorry. Is this, is what happening, okay, can I guess what's happening? Okay. Is what's happening your, so your say is his, his like his column, for lack right. of a better uh-huh. term. And he's getting political and in this one, half of it is just like what we would, what you could easily be defined as a controversial picture, and then to the right of it are just things that people wrote to him complaining about your say. So, I mean, that's a better explanation than what is actually happening. Like, I mean, the your say thing is like could be a parody of like a internet. I mean, of a like column in the newspaper yeah. where people express their opinions, yeah. like a letter to the editor, sort of thing. But it's not his column that's him you know mocking the so did he write the things on the he wrote the things on the right yes because they sound crazy at first but then they don't even really make any point they just well they they don't make any sense like they're not funny or they're nothing they're like they're what i mean who is dishing out these national living treasures yeah like why, honestly why am i not a national, time to take the map I mean, back from them yeah yeah why am i not a yeah, national you living are a treasure? national living treasure if over this, that the I bar mean, is set on. low what I, not enough teapots on my head <laughs> Did you got what you should do is now do my next show with next show is so teapot heavy yeah. Just have like a school of ducks fish wired to your back so really? that you could sort of walk around. Really, like Will a lot more now that you know, Will's Will is kind of becoming a bit of a national treasure. Yeah. Um, national treasure-ish. If I, yeah. Like, he's got a national treasure vibe. <laughs> yeah. Total NT vibe as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Since the ducks. And then your next show will be National Will Treasure. <laughs> You have to show me at least one okay. teapot duck yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get to, you know, teapot duck. Uh, all right. But I still don't even understand. But this is what I'm saying, Gareth. But, is- but, okay, but uh, people, the, what you what we're saying would be considered controversial, which is that yes, people- these feel fairly empty. Okay, I'm literally just going to show you some of them now so that you can really get a sense of right. like, what's going on. <laughs> well, so... I- I certainly don't have that now. Let me be clear. Here we go. That's just a a typical sort of looning cartoon. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying about the big nose. Oh, and the curly hair. So his drawings are awful. So that's why he started just using clippings. Right. Because he's terrible. Yeah, but he did use terrible drawings for years. Okay, so this one is uh, two of these big nose people, one of them with curly hair with a bowl of something, and the other one is sitting in a chair looking really depressed. They both look depressed. And one says to the other, would you like a peanut or a pistachio? And the other says, that sounds remarkably like an election choice. Taste that whimsical satire. Now, this is what I'll say. It makes me miss the ones where I was confused, (laughs) because in this one, the humor comes across... And it's so disappointing. I mean, that's so... That's so weak. What? What? A pistachio? Or a peanut? Hey, Hey, way to go at them. Where are this elections and whether it's a pistachio or a peanut? All right. Let's go with ducks. Let's find some ducks. Just so that you can really let down. Yeah, um, and you—I mean, I—I I was expecting it to be bad. 
Here we go. This is this is Maury's poetry about ducks. This is kind of sorry a, poetry. Yeah, I mean, does like he writes these little poems next to them, that, okay. like, and he, the people, there'll be a picture of a duck and then. Well, a poem. okay, so this has uh, on the right a man looking at a black TV blank TV screen with a it looks like a duck on his head, but I will say the duck just looks like a billed piece of sperm, uh, and the duck is looking out the window at the moon. And here, I guess, is what he wrote next to it. Oh, it's already weird. Uh, feed the inner duck. Not with human news or greedy things that suck, but give it quiet views, comments from the moon, opinions from the sky, the insights of a tune, the wisdom of a sigh. I guess I just gave a wisdom sigh. I'm... <laughs> Feed the inner duck, not with human news or gre- I feel like I feel like I'm Batman and I just got a Riddler envelope. <laughs> Feed the inner duck, not with human news or greedy things that suck, but give it quiet views. Give it quiet views. Comments from the moon, opinions from the sky, the insights of a tune, the wisdom of a sigh. It almost has a point. I mean, it almost has a point. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's just, so the inner duck... uh, So the inner duck is his like. Uh, I well, I guess it's like your soul. I guess the point is that the duck on his head is looking out the window into the universe. Yeah. Whereas this guy is, is stare- sitting there watching at his TV. TV. Right. Okay. Right. But I mean, you know, he, he. I mean, that's his window, so he's probably seen what's out there. Yeah, I new guess I like. Kind of the point of that? I kind of like right. the point of that, yeah. but it really doesn't come across easily. Right. And, and it's not funny. <laughs> not at all funny. No. I'm not sure he was going for funny on that one, but... Okay. I don't know. I can't... He I was can't, a pistachio or peanut. I can't explain. I can't explain it. He's... Anyway, I'm going to have to cut all this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably have some, like, mocking a National Living Treasure squad, goon squad, that'll come around Look. and they're like... Buddy, we're pirates, okay? We don't give a shit about this it's treasure. For, it's fine for me to say it in America. We'll take it. But once I go back home to Australia, I'll, what? I'll be well, trying so to go what's he going to do? Draw a picture of you with a duck on your head and make no sense about it? I'll be about to go through customs and like <laughs> some ducks will come out, some sniffer ducks come <laughs> out. <laughs> suddenly, my cus- <laughs> suddenly a border force security guy comes out with a teapot on his head and I know I'm done for. <laughs> I've been looned. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm baffled. Uh, what was the thing you showed me? The monster that was eating all the chips? Oh, the gobble duck. Gobble duck. I'll tell you, I really am able to just get like some terrific slices of Australia that I wouldn't be able to pick up on from here. I mean, holy shit! All right, uh, we should finish up. Uh, uh, fine line between. So, uh, Gareth. Uh, I'm going to put this up uh, probably today if I have time. So, okay, great. Uh, do you have? Uh, yeah, I will be like uh, this weekend. I'll be at the Funny Bone in St. Louis, uh, featuring for Steve Byrne, uh, and then December eighth and 9th, I'll be in Atlanta and Nashville, opening for a musician named Eric Hutchinson, who's a buddy of mine. And then I'm going to go on tour with him, starting again December fourteenth in Buffalo till December 22nd in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, and you can look at show times for that uh, at erichutchinson.com. We have a live dollop in Vancouver, December 12th. and um, uh, Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver, Canada. Oh. Yeah, December 12th uh, at... Oh, shit. That's embarrassing. 
I can't remember the That's name. That's okay. People can find that. Yeah, if you're in Vancouver, it. Canada. And there may be, actually. I think we do have some listeners in Vancouver. There's yeah. lots of Aussies in Vancouver. So Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, at Reynolds Gareth. And uh, I'll update stuff there. Uh, I am going to be in Denver next week at Comedy Works. Not the downtown, the other one. Uh, so, uh, come and see me there. That would be fun. Uh, also, uh, what else? Oh, in Australia, my new show, uh, Fire at Will, is on sale now in Adelaide, Brisbane, and Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne in particular, I'm doing less shows in Melbourne this year. You are? Sorry, fewer shows. People keep correcting me on the internet. Why? Uh, apparently, less is if it's one and fewer if it's... Oh, anyway, whatever. What? Fucking who what? cares? Ugh. You knew what I meant. Yeah. I mean, uh, you knew what I meant. I mean, honestly. Yeah, but I'm not doing less. People apparently. used to get on I'm us because we would shows. say it, our podcast was a bi-weekly podcast mm-hmm. and there was controversy over what bi-weekly meant and we went through this roundabout and then realized it was right. Right. Yeah. Twice a week? Twice a week. <laughs> so for a couple of shows, we were just like, yeah, the dollop podcast. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Fucking work it out yourself. We would just be like a podcast that we do twice a week. Yeah. Fuck. Who cares? You're probably listening to them 10 in a row on a road trip. Yeah, you know, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally. Make up. What is time? <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> this is the dollop. What is time? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's on sale in uh, Adelaide, Brisbane and uh, Melbourne at the moment. Uh, I will be doing one night only in Sydney on this tour. Basically, the way that it's working is I'm going to go back to Australia. I'm doing uh, a week of trial shows in uh, Canberra that are already sold out. Um, but then I've got Adelaide Fringe Festival. Basically, I've, I haven't gone to Adelaide uh, for a few years with basically the two weeks in Adelaide for the last few years have been me putting together my new show. Uh-huh. Uh, so I thought the good people of Adelaide uh, deserved me to actually arrive in Adelaide with yeah. a uh, a show so I'm going to do that this year um, so I'll do Canberra my work in progress shows and then I'll uh, come to Adelaide two weeks for a new show week in Brisbane and a uh, month in Melbourne but I'm doing fewer shows in Melbourne and they're selling uh, outrageously well so if you want to come I'm not doing Tuesdays this year at the festival so the cheaper nights are Wednesday and Thursday if you're normally a tight ass Tuesday person uh, we've still got discount uh, tickets on Wednesday or Thursday uh, to make up for that uh, but you'd want to get in quick because uh, they're selling pr- pretty quick which is great and I appreciate all the support thank you for that uh, there's one more day that you can watch my uh, Willuminati special on ABC iView if you're in Australia for free um, so watch that that'd be cool um, if you uh, didn't get to watch it on ABC iView but it's still, it's still available um, as a DVD and it's a longer version the ABC version was an hour it's so great the the show is like uh, 75 minutes or something plus there's a whole other special on there as well so um, you know buy it as well yeah but watch it for free if you, yeah. if you hear this in time it's better than a choir that would be my uh, it's well you know free is better than the choir it's <laughs> true the choir was pretty good. Oh, this is what I didn't even tell <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Dude. Fuck. Imagine. Oh, my God. Imagine. All right. So, <laughs> the whole point. Okay. The whole point of this. Will, we almost walked away. <laughs> oh, man. Woo. The third act. All yeah. right. All right. Fuck you, people who stay, don't stay for the plugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll teach people you. People who switched yep. off. Welcome back. So... Just as I thought this thing's going to be without me having a moment to ridicule. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't believe we almost finished. <laughs> the guy who's in charge, yeah. who has this vision, yeah. <laughs> also obviously loves to do something quirky for the audience, right? Oh, yes. So he's done a mashup of sorts, I guess, 
where he's taken a piece of music, I believe, from Bach, and <laughs> he's playfully taken the words from a Michael Lunig poem. <laughs> oh, boy. In fact, hang on. Let me say, give me one second. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have to tell you this for a start. Um, I have the... I, I, <laughs> I, I have a photocopy of the program, so this is this is good news for oh, start. Boy. Um, secondly, I forgot one thing. I forgot when I remembered when I went to get this was um, that behind them on stage, I forgot to mention this was some sort of like I imagined it was meant to be like you know some sort of pipes or some sort of church religious symbol. Mm-hmm. But all it looked like, if you can imagine, like one big pipe in the middle and then two smaller pipes and then like two smaller pipes, it just basically looked like a giant <laughs> someone giving the finger behind them the whole time. It was. It looked like hilarious. spinal tap. Yeah, that's yeah. really what it was like. I was like, do you guys know that looks like somebody giving? Fuck it you, a- everyone. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Uh, it was. Um, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, this is how it is uh, credited in the program. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach and Michael Lunig, a gruntled fellow. And so what he'd done is he'd set the lyrics from this Lunig cartoon uh-huh. to the music of Bach uh-huh. that they were singing as like a, you know, a quirky Northern Rivers mashup okay. because the Northern Rivers are the sort of places where people would have, you know, Lunig cartoons on right. their features. Mullumbimby, which was close to where we are, has the lowest rate of vaccination in all of Australia. Let's not go there. It's that sort of area, right? So, these are the lyrics that you have. It's called A Gruntled Fellow. I am a gruntled fellow with a shirt of gruntled yellow. And I play a gruntled cello. Oh, my God. To a mean, disgruntled world. And they boo me and they hiss me. They insult me and dismiss me. Yes, the parrots like to kiss me in this mean, disgruntled world. It's disgruntled. It's disgruntled. It's full frontally disgruntled. Oh, my God. Yet still the parrots kiss me in this mean, disgruntled world. (laughs) Set to the music of Bach. (laughs) Like a mashup. Just in case you wanted more questions. There was a mashup in the church. Bark Lunic together at last. I just my head uh. It was a great night. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an awesome night. Really? Yeah. I mean well more worth the twenty five dollars. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and you yeah. know, this is my honest opinion, because I paid yeah, for my yeah. ticket. <laughs> and I go. really felt like I got a show. Uh, uh, all right, we're done. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Gareth. Thank you for having uh, me. As we'll always, talk to you again soon. <laughs>
introduce myself. I spread my love on every item on your supermarket shelf. I taste so good, make you feel so high that I bring you back for more. Plus, I place my goodies at your kiddies' eye level when you're just about to walk out the store. Now, people will tell you that I rot your teeth, I make you fat and give your body abuse. But forget about that, just take off your clothes and have a spa made of chocolate mousse. Sing it, ladies. Of course you can, ladies. I got white brown eyes. Sugar. 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 Sometimes I'm even found in your toast. But here's a little secret I could share with you. A secret you should put to use. There's about six cheeky teaspoons of fame hiding in a glass of juice. <laughs> See, some people think that Mr. Sugar hangs out only with the bright colored snacks. But I've been spreading my crystals all over your food, and the company's been hiding the facts. I'm in cola, granola, and pasta sauce. Mushy peas, mac and cheese, and that radish from a horse. And fruit and soup, even soup in a satchel. And Mr. Sugar loves the term all natural. Red corn chips, muffin mix, gravy, mayonnaise, soft date food for the baby, big beans for the teens, and an energy drink. And I'm clearly gonna be in any food that's pink. I'm confessing, I'm in dressing, and a hamburger bun with that cheeky corn syrup trying to steal all my fun. Music bars, even some cigars, and a whole range of marmalade and honey jam jars. Oh, Mr. Sugar's ubiquitous. Our addiction to you is quite ridiculous. You feel so sick when you're not around. That's why a spoonful of me helps the medicine go down. Kids.